Welcome to episode 79 of Both Down, the number one Blood Bowl podcast. In all the Americas? All of the Americas? All of them. All three? Sure. North, South, Central? Yeah. And then like England, America, and Saudi, America. <laughs> Japan, America. Japan, America. <laughs> hey, I'm Steve, a.k.a. Kilowagi. With me as always is Scott. Prime in the house. Uh, coming out a little late because Scott's got his job. And he started. Uh, I got a jobby job. And he worked nights all last week. I've been working crazy nights, and then they switched me to crazy days. And, yeah, just what it is with this new job. It's not bad, though. It's a job. It is a job, and I'm going to enjoy the first paycheck of my spoils tomorrow. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I forgot you get paid every other week, don't you? Yeah. It's probably going to be pretty nice and the fact that my my check for these nine days is bigger than the check i got before for like 11 or 12 days yeah that would be crazy. nice it's pretty crazy if i didn't have it so easy at my place i would jump chip i'm starting to get the hang of it so probably everybody's going well what the hell are you doing um, just to sum up really quick, I got a job where basically I role play that I'm a pilot, but not one pilot, every pilot in the sky to run simulations for students who are going to be air traffic controllers. So at this early stage, I have to just know like how they talk about different altitudes and how they, you know, just the lingo, yeah, the speak. And then I have to recite things back and be correct and accurate on it. And then, like, we go through scenarios. It's like real role-playing scenarios where, like, today, for example, I had to, like, they would tell me one um, altitude. And on certain prompts, I repeat back the wrong one because they want to see if the student will notice. Oh, okay. And most of the students today, one student did not catch it. You know, <laughs> five of them did. And then we did like missed landings, you know, like a missed approach and landings yeah. and st just huh. typical air things. But some days it's like not doing a whole lot besides checking in planes and other times I'm diverting for weather and all these things. But I'm starting to finally get the hang of it and be less nervous. So That's you good. Know, for the first two weeks, for sure, every day I walked in there, I was just nervous as I'll get out. And these last couple of days have been... I've been starting to kind of get it and good, you know, or I'll, you know, they speak so fast on those because they're air, ex air traffic controllers that are speaking. Yeah. Cause they're helping run the simulations on the other side of it. And so, man, those guys talk so fast and <laughs> like, it's like, I know you said a bunch of stuff and I'm supposed to catch the speed, <laughs> the altitude, uh, what direction what you want me to change and what plane. And sometimes, you know, any other instructions and you got to read it all back and it's getting better getting better so don't you do like 40 minutes on then half an hour off and that's about 45 to 50 minutes off if you got a good student you get out of there in 40 minutes okay today i had a student i was the last people in the lab me and my partner <laughs> so we were the last ones in the lab and it come was, on roger it you're was, not getting it it really was about 53 minutes today on one of them Jeez. and then so yeah so my typical schedule is like you, you do a run that's like 45 minutes, and then you get about 25 to 30 minutes off. And they don't give you busy work. It's just, 
your job at this place is to show up on time and be ready to go when that instructor is ready to give a lesson. So it's kind of awesome. I mean, one guy told me like, you only need to do this for like a year of your life because you're never going to want to work for anybody else again. <laughs> I can believe it. He's like, you're going to get spoiled, you know? And so we run six different lessons and, um, you know, we run a lesson 30 minutes off or 20 to 30 minutes off, depending run a lesson. You're off. Same. Repeat, repeat, repeat six times during the day. Nice. In at daytime you have, it works out where you have like, um, up to like an hour and 20 minute lunch. Is it paid? <laughs> Huh? Is it paid lunch? What do you get paid like? They anything but thirty minutes, I guess. Anything but thirty minutes is our lunch, technically. So all that other time is extra. Jeez. And when you work nights, um, you know it. That's really weird. Like, so if they get done with their lessons early, you can sign out and just leave, but you don't get paid for it. Mm -hmm. But you can stick around and get paid for it. So. What I've done is I've acquired a whole bunch of comics that, you know, like I, life's been too busy or they're not that important to me. So, you know, I have this big stack of comics. Well, I'm almost through <laughs> with the first stack of priority comics. Yeah. And I'm about to hit the second priority of like, these are comics I would like to read one day. If I stay at this job and I read every 30 minutes in between and at lunch, I'm going to be reading a bunch of graphic novels and stuff, too, that I've bought over the years. My favorite job that I ever had, I worked 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. as a kind of like a warehouse control person. Okay. A whole new project at this wholesale grocery place where instead of all the different warehouses having to call in for trucks, mm -hmm. it was one central place that told all the trucks where to go. Okay. So... It was awesome because my shift was Friday to Monday or whatever, and they were closed at, like, <sighs> the last truck was out of there about 6.30 or 7 on Friday, <laughs> and nobody showed up until 5.30 in the morning on Monday. So Naked Steve I, was running around. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> I got through so many books, and I almost bought a portable DVD player back in the day when there was a lot of money. This is before you got the internet on your phone. So yes, that... it was. Well, we had very rudimentary <laughs> okay. internet. But it wasn't, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it was a lot of listening to radio and reading and, you know. Right. You know, right. Yeah, nothing yeah. else to do. <laughs> right. Um, when the urge strikes. Exactly. It was me. Down it. it was just me and a security guard, and, and he, he never yeah. left his post. Right. So you went over to his post, and you did what two security guards do. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> but yeah, that lasted, I think, three weeks before the warehouse people got annoyed and took over control again. <laughs> and my supervisor, who, who instituted this whole thing, it was hired and worked on it for six months to install it. And then after three weeks of it running, all the warehouse heads complained enough. They wanted their control back. I mean, we were doing fine that, you know, I, I really worked one day, but you know, <laughs> it was nice. Yeah. I bet. I bet it was. See anything happening blood bowl wise for us. Uh, I played a playoff game and won. You played a playoff game. I've tried many times to schedule mine, man. Life is just like super busy. So not only am I doing this new job, which is very stressful because you had to certify. And so you're going to, I get, I'm going to have somebody from the FAA sit behind me next Tuesday and just listen. Right. 
and I'm going to be doing it solo. So I'm kind of worried, but at the same time, everybody says I'm going to make it. But So I have that going on, and then Death Bath, we're still coloring pictures, and I'm down got a to... more to go? I'm down to five or six left to do at this point. Not bad. So it's getting there. So I have those two deadlines coming out, and then... All the kids' sports stuff started My kids up. are playing sports, so it's like... Every Saturday, I've been just busy. Just life right now has been very busy. And all I want to do, all I want to do is I want to hump. I want to play board games. That's it. That's all I want to do. You haven't played any board games lately even. Not much at all. Not much at all. You retained your championship. (laughs) Yeah, I have been playing some Super Show. We've been running those once a month. And I am the WCCW world champion scott prime my character good so but there's already another podcast that talks about board games and super show every episode yeah (laughs) i did beat my girlfriend for the (laughs) the world championship she wasn't too happy about that Uh so so still champion yeah we run that once a month that's kind of fun but i mean that's really the only gaming i've been doing and those matches are so quick it's like two hours and we're out two hours we're out so you've gotten that uh was the furry nightmare thing oh uh stuff fables yeah it looks really cool stuff fables board game i bought that one i still have rising sun i haven't played um i have played seven wonders duel once with my daughter eden and once twice with jennifer over the last since the beginning of march when i bought it dude i have about at least (laughs) six games that haven't had They've been open but haven't been played. So I'm just ready to play some board games and just I'm ready to be normal Scott again. I can imagine. <laughs> normal Scott's the lazy guy who plays board games all the time. Right. But I'm ready for that for just a little bit. But I'm also very blessed and thankful that I'm gonna have a paycheck tomorrow. So I got a big one coming on Monday. Oh yeah? You meeting that security guard again? No. No, oh. 27 hours of overtime. Oh, oh a big paycheck. And, uh, Not a big bonus. one. I got you. All right. Yeah. So that'll be nice. <laughs> but what do we have for the show, Scott? So I have not been keeping up with a lot of the Blood Bowl stuff because I haven't been on the Facebooks. To be fair, there hasn't been a whole lot up until today. today. So in our first segment, we're going to just talk about the upcoming news of chaos and what maybe that kind of means with some of the stuff from the second edition or the old fluff of chaos. And then I think in the second segment, we're going to talk about chimera cup. Yep. We're going to give a rundown of rules because we haven't really done that too much. And it's coming up pretty quick. Pretty much. Um, either someone needs to sign up or next month you'll hear about us not going to Springfield. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll talk about that in our sex, our second segment, but it's a little bit on us too. So yeah, and uh, then the final segment, we co did a. <laughs> we co. How, <laughs> how did we do this? Co hosted? Yeah, kind of. A segment with the guys from 3.block, Chance and Drew. About and, what to do at the first tournament. Right. It was a uh, tur- It was a segment idea by Brian, too. Yeah. And you'll hear more about that, too. But we got together with the guys and chatted about it. If you have listened to 3.block's latest episode, it's going to be the exact same one. That part of the segment's going to be exactly the same. I so. thought about taking our feed because I recorded it just in case. Uh-huh. But some of the dropouts where Skype was being annoying mm-hmm. dropped out a couple of times. Yeah, well, that's Skype. Yeah. And uh, 
I thought about going in, re-editing it, and just doing it a little bit different, but then I don't no. want people to have to listen to it I mean, twice. We, well, they're not. I mean, there's like, what, six, seven people maybe that listen to both of the podcasts? I mean, we're the number one I'm pretty sure podcast. there's a lot. <laughs> 700 maybe. So if you have heard it, you can skip that section and go on to the shout outs. But that's it, buddy. That's our show. Let's get to it, okay? Okay, we've got segment one coming right up. Both Down is brought to you by Wizards Asylum in Norman, Oklahoma. Check out their new location at 3717 West Main or online at wizardsnorman.com. So segment one, we're going to be talking about chaos. Chaos! And we bring this out because just today, Andy Hoare, who's on the head of uh, Blood Bowl with Specialist Games, the head of Blood Bowl for Specialist Games, was on Warhammer TV talking about the new release stuff. Mm. So I can talk about what's coming out, but also he mentioned that there's no fluff for old chaos teams. Now see... Chaos Chosen, okay, specifically. So, he might say that, but I would say there is fluff for Chaos teams. But, I get what you're saying. He's okay. saying there's no backstory for the Beastman Chaos teams. Right, with the Warriors. But if you ask me, there was Chaos Humans, there was Chaos Dwarves, so those are Chaos teams. Yeah. I mean, the Middenheim Marauders was a Chaos team. I mean, they were chaos humans. Well, we'll get into that. But let's go ahead and... I'll, so I'm saying I'll, I disagree with him, but right. I, I get what he's saying, specifically like a Beastman yeah. team. So let me just run through real quick what supposedly will be coming out. Okay. We've already seen the team, the Doombringers. <clears throat> Doom Lords. Doom Lord. Right, who are the Doombringers? That's Alan's team? That's uh, Dulgorner... Doombringers, Alan's Undead team. That's from right. Our <laughs> Dragonfire. They are Bully. not coming. Uh, the Doom Lords are. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The Doombringers is a better. I don't, I don't like the Doom Lords. I think that's a terrible name. Apparently, it's from Fluff. Okay, it might be, but there's is some. One teams... of the guys is one of the guys in from like 20 years ago. His team in the GW that won the league. Sure, I, I get it. I just don't. There's not every team do I like that's published in these books. I understand. And this is one of them. I mean. Yeah, and if you've seen the models, did we talk about that last time? Um, about how they look like S&M bikers? No, I don't remember that at all. But okay, we could have. Don't look right. Okay, so they announced the Doom Lords. Is yeah. this a, a box set, correct? Yeah. Okay. Hey, you've I, seen them, haven't you? Uh, probably not. Oh. Now that I'm thinking about it. If I have, the, I don't remember. The Beast Men do look really nice. But the warriors just have big pauldrons on the shoulders. Okay. And then uh, leather straps across a bare chest. Okay. It doesn't look right. Okay. Well, once I look, once I see them right. all, I'll give you my final judgment. Uh, so are we getting... There's that. Is it a sprue of like two Don't know four? for sure. Okay. It would be nice, but I don't <laughs> I know. I don't know if it's nice because people like me go, oh, I need the... I need the other ones to fill up my team. Yeah, but it won't be three warriors and you know nine beastmen. No, I bet it's. I, bet it's, I don't. Know. I bet it's two and four. 
That would make sense that way. So you get four Chaos Warriors. Then it's easier for them to make two. Yeah. Because people have been worrying about getting three Warriors, like the last box set. I was like, well, when you're doing Sprue. Last box set. Yeah, the old days. Oh. Third edition. Oh, yeah, you're right. There was was three. There's only three. Three and eight. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. Sprues are totally different than metal. Um. So they're doing that. They're doing uh, another set of cards, just like the, for them for the team. Okay. Well, so they're basically now they're going to be doing releases based on teams. So it's you're going to have your team, your cards, your dice, which they, those are coming out. And there's okay. some underworld dice coming as well, I believe. Okay. Um, the pitch looks really cool. It's double sided. Okay. Uh, one side is regular. If you kill someone, I guess, then it activates the blood from the side flips or whatever. Um, so you have those, and the Blitz magazine comes out, which is the new thing. Instead of the Death Zone now, okay. you're going to have Blitz magazine. Okay. And it's going to be themed around the team that's released every time. Okay. And it's only going to be about 10 bucks, probably. They said eight pounds, so. You know, ten, fifteen bucks. All right, how, how often is that coming out and when? Every time a team comes out. They're, they're shooting for four this year. Okay. So it's pretty fair. much quarterly. Okay. Um, so, yeah, every time a team comes out, it's going to have the team, dice, pitch, and the the cards, and the magazine that's dedicated that to that team. Okay. that's a, In some ways, I like that better because then you go... Okay, I'm in for 100 right. bucks. Exactly. And then I'm out for uh, for two months. The coolest thing, and we kind of heard about this before, Nifton is doing a three-page comic in the back of each yeah. one. Yeah. Somebody, somebody might have told me this long ago. And I'm not saying who. <laughs> it's going to be... Uh, it's about Bob's first time playing against the team that the, that release is. Oh, okay. So, so it's, it's like a look the, back. Yeah. I remember when... And he has different haircuts every time. So it's, it's like a General McBrag talking about... <laughs> <laughs> really, you General? That? Do you remember that? <laughs> I love that one. I love General, General McBrag. If, hmm. if you're yes, too young right, to quite. understand it, you need to go back and find some General McBrag hmm, from the Really, bull- General? That's <laughs> quite absurd. Hmm, yes, yes, quite. <laughs> from the Bullwinkle and Rocky show. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, so that's awesome. Apparently, there's going to be inducements, new inducements each time. Okay, I right before the podcast, the wizard's back. Wizard, I guess it's going to be a, a hiring, hireling wizard or whatever. Okay. Same wizard, same lightning bolt and fireball, and it brought back Zap, so you okay. can turn people to a frog and then try to kill them. Uh huh. That's yeah. I know people love Zap, but Zap is so deadly. You think it's too z- deadly? You can turn anybody into a frog, yeah. and then squash them. Yeah. I just don't like that. Yeah, but he has leap and dodge and stunty four armor or whatever. Four armor. Oh, and the card set does come with a frog card, so that's kind of cool. Hmm, that's kind of neat. I don't know. I, I could take or leave the frog right. thing, but nobody's hardly ever going to use it. They're going to shoot somebody with the ball. I mean, yeah, I agree. You're smarter players for the most are. part. 
Uh, let's see. And they mentioned star players, and they're going to be bringing every team up to having 10 star players is the idea. Mm. Including the new ones and the old ones? Or? Not entirely sure. So I mean, are we going to... It has the old star players, and then, like, this one, they're bringing back um, Withergrass Double Drill. Okay, from name? second edition. He yeah. was a Middenheim Marauder. And there's a couple of new ones. Like, there's a Bile Toad star player, which got people hoping that Slam was going to come back. They're not coming back. And then, yeah. Look, as much as I love them, and I don't understand it either, they just... They look back on that and they say, we're, we're going a different direction with our story. Yeah, it'll They're never just, happen. It's not coming back, folks. Buy your little frog miniatures from other people. Mm-hmm. Paint your humans green. They're, it's not coming back under this regime. Right. For sure. And, and it's it's a GW thing. I don't think Slan or anywhere. No. It's not an Age of Sigmar. It's nowhere. I mean. Speaking of other places. There's a new star player, like the star player that's on the cover of Blitz Magazine. Okay. He's a new star player. Forget his name. But apparently he is a character that pops through different universes. So he's actually played in Warhammer. So he's a Warhammer character. He's not Thrud? No, it's some, some real weird name. I can find it real quick. Okay. So... They're bringing in more star players. So it sounds like the magazine is kind of akin to how the old White Dwarfs sometimes would have some star players in there. Yeah. And you can get a few cards that way. Is that what we're looking at? It Probably. So this guy's name is Scylla and Fingram. I don't know. I don't play anything but Blood Bowl, so I have no idea who he is. No, but that's cool. All right. I'm, I'm game. Yeah. I mean, I'm always happy to have new star players. They're cool looking. New star players don't bother me really. I mean, I don't like forgetting the old ones, but in at some point we forgot some a lot of the old second edition ones. So. Yeah, and I don't think they're getting rid of anybody. He didn't say that. Okay. One of the new star players has the big mouth skill with monstrous mouth skill. Oh, so now we got two guys like mm-hmm. that. So that's cool. Okay. Do we know what Withergrass Double Drool stats are? No. I, I got the old books right here. No, they didn't mention that at all. I, I thought they mentioned that Bile Rot was coming back, and since he's already kind of come back when they did that six-pack of figures. Oh, he, yeah. He has stats and everything, so he I don't know why stats. he wouldn't. Um, so if you don't know who this guy is, it's the two-headed <clears throat> tentacles. So Withergrass Double Drool played for the... He was alignment chaos. He was a human mutant for the Middenheim Marauders. This okay. made us think that the Middenheim Marauders were chaos humans. Yeah. He was considered a blitzer. Um, back in that day, blitzers had four strength for humans. That's just how it was. And it's a different game. So don't even think block. Right. They didn't have block dice. They had charts. Uh, four movement. That was common for human blitzers. Um, so I assume that means you probably have six. Um, they don't have the sprint skill anymore. That's go forts now. So right. don't even worry about that. Strength four, edge three. That would be a normal human blitzer thing now. Uh, throwing skill, cool. So we could catch better. But that's probably because of the two heads. And they had armor eight. So his skills were catch, level two, 
Intercept level two, tackle level six, toughness level one. So he's a mutant with tentacles, a tail, and two heads. There's a lot of ways you can take that character. So I don't know which way they're going to take that. He doesn't really have extra skills. Those skills, I think, all came from the mutations. So, so maybe- I can't imagine giving him two heads, even if he has two heads, you know, on the model. Um, Although knowing them, you know, might, oh, it's on the model, so it has to be in the game. Right. I assume he'll definitely have two heads. He'll definitely have tentacles, tentacles and probably a tail. Prehensile tail. Right. I mean, in the picture here, he has like kangaroo-looking legs, or I think through goat legs, something. goat legs, or whatever, beastman legs. Yeah. So maybe he maybe he'll be a beastman with no tentacles horns. at three strength. Seems kind of dumb though. So he'd probably have four. Well, I mean, if you go back to the episode where I played a chaos pack team and tried to mimic the Midheim Marauders, yeah. Uh, when I was playing like fluffy teams, I made him my ogre. I. Was it my ogre? Yeah, my ogre, and I gave him the mutation tentacles. Okay. So he'd be hard to break away from. Makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't know which way they're going to go with that. Hmm. Um, there's a couple other, like, human mutant chaos people from second edition just looking here at the book right now. But was Slarga Four Strike mentioned? No. The guy with four arms that looks like a wolf? No. Okay. No Dieter Hammerlash? Don't believe so. Okay. They didn't mention all of them, so they might still pop up. Well, if they're only going to do 10, there's probably, what, already oh, they, five to six already done? I think all of them had seven, if I remember correctly. Okay. But, um, so Lord Borak is back talking about uh, different things in the book. Okay, that's that's an old thing from like the old yearbooks yeah. or whatever. And he has on his neck different charms of all the different chaos gods. Hmm. And he did mention they would like to do a Slanesh team or a Corn team or a Zench team or whatever, but they want to do all the quote unquote regular teams first. <laughs> so what he's saying is, is after we get all your money for regular teams, yeah. We'll start making up other crap just so you'll keep buying stuff. Well, I mean, part I, of that, part of, them. you know, it's just the game. Sure. And he kind of mentioned Amazons and Dark Elf and Wood Elf might be coming. Interesting. But he didn't say for sure. I really wanted to get a pro elf team, and I, I haven't. Yeah, I and probably we, and will. We, and we're sold out. And at the oh. same time, I don't need it. But they think they look really cool. I think they look awesome. Especially when they're painted well. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know. This is kind of intriguing since I don't buy all the new stuff since I have most of it, uh, most of the old stuff. Mm -hmm. The Chaos Pack or the Chaos Team, I might actually just buy the box if everything's in the box. Because then I I could have the excuse to just paint it up and play it at tournaments. True. Man, how pissed would people be? Because I'm kind of really, I'm really anal about not buying, not having 16 players on a league team, even though I never use them all. How pissed would people be if. The box was each sprue was one chaos warrior and five beastmen. <laughs> you know what? In some ways, I almost want it to be that way. Because you can choose to buy two boxes. <laughs> it will be so mad. Be so mad. What am I going to do with all these beastmen? You can make mutations. <laughs> That's what people will say that. That's for sure. Yep. 
That's good. That'd be great. Uh, golly, we're awful. But yeah, we're, so, he- we're heel turning the fans. We're, <laughs> we're like the guys who root for John Cena because it pisses everybody else off. <laughs> New Blood Bowl sucks. <laughs> so, so we did bring this up because they did mention there's no fluff for chaos. So there literally is no fluff for the current makeup of the Chaos Chosen team. If you're saying a bunch of beastmen with warriors and with some warriors, no, okay. there's not. There's fluff for a Chaos Pack team, which was the Minotaur, or just like it is now. Yeah. The Minotaur, the the troll, the ogre, you know, one dark elf, just a bunch of hodgepodge of different, you know, rene- Chaos Renegades. Right. I mean, in the old books and the second edition stuff, we had Chaos Humans, Chaos Dwarves, and... Because wasn't Chaos just an alignment, too? Yeah. So I mean, you they, could kind of just have alignment. Chaos everything. Right. I mean, if you look back in the old books, um, Greaser Greer Grinder had, you know, chaotic alignment because mm-hmm. he was an orc and stuff. So, that is really weird. I guess they're, you know... There's not there's not a Beastman. And, you know, I remember when 3rd Edition came out and they changed, oh, here's a Chaos team. And I was like, Beastman? This is really stupid. Huh. And I wasn't real happy about it because it's not the Chaos team I knew. They, yeah. You know, it was more of an alignment thing. And, you know, the difference between Chaos Humans and Regular Humans were Chaos Humans had mutations. Makes sense. Regular Humans did not. So, Whatever. I mean, if you look back, though, on the fluff, if you go look at, like, how um, Luther Van, Von Hockfire, the thrower for the Chaos All-Stars, looked, mm-hmm. or uh, what's his name, Gallman Goreblade? Yes. Or even Borak and all those guys, they look like Chaos Warriors. Yeah, they do. So there's a lot of it that you can say, oh, okay, this is kind of maybe where it started. I feel like it probably happened when they switched from second edition to third edition. They were like, well, our chaos army in Warhammer is this. That makes sense. So why don't we just change it to that? Because. Yeah. Then I mean, it's truly just a chaos faction then. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say like the old, you know, the old high elf team. The only reason there's high elves is because there was a high elf army in Warhammer fantasy at the time. We don't need high elves and all, yeah. you know, all this they're, stuff. They're not wrong. So. Yeah. Of all the teams played, I bet High Elves is one of the lowest. That's interesting. I'd like to find that out. I'm sure you can for like tournaments, but see, all we have to do is like get a hold of Mike Davies because he loves doing like you stats. Get a stat boner so quick. Oh yeah, he's like, I got a stat boner, fellas, mates, and then he would give us, he give us stats. But yeah, I mean, they're just not that great of a team, and yet I like them. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of it's from the back of the day when they had the better names. Phoenix Warrior and Dragon Warrior, whatever it was. Yeah, no, that was true. That kind of fluffed it up. But And you and your notorious everybody dies, so the higher armor helps. Well, of course. I mean, I played <laughs> in the last league game I played, I had like seven injuries against me, casualties. <laughs> against, but you are playing elves. I was playing elves against high elves, though. They weren't supposed to beat me up like that. No, they are not, and that's not a good And team. I was dodging away. He was just... Getting this one blitz on me and cracking me. I still won the game, but... Right. Anyways, frustrating. But no, he's right. There's no... There's no... I mean, third editions where you saw the traditional chaos beastmen with the Warriors team. Hmm. Never realized that. Of all the years looking, I never had any reason to think about 
And Where did they of, come from? And out of like so many teams, that's probably why I don't like it as much as like I do other teams because in my junior high brain of ninth grade, so many teams I can enjoy, like the Underworld team and stuff like that because they were in second edition. There yeah. was no Chaos Beastman team. Yeah. Just not for me. Were there Beastmen at all? Uh-uh. There's no. So it's all just a straight third edition creation. From uh, somebody can go check my memory. I mean, but to my knowledge, there was no beastman mentioned in any of these books that hmm. we that we possess for Blood Bowl. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember a piece of artwork. No, now that I, you mention and I, it, and I know the artwork, so you know. So Slugger Falstrike. Um, he was on the Blushen Berserkers, which we thought was a Norse team. Yeah. We just Berserker. Berserker. and Maybe it's on his thing here. Hold on. Let me, but he did kind of look like a noise. beast man. Yeah, he looks like a werewolf, though. See, I never thought of that, but you're right. I mean... I always just took it for granted that he was a beast man mutation. I mean, you can see him right there. He, he's he, no, you're right, absolutely. If you're wondering who he is, he's one of the old models that has four arms, and like on the left side of his body, he has like his arms only have like three fingered claws, and on the other side, he has regular arms, and he looks like a kind of a wolf. But I can see why you say beast man. He kind of has the hooves. Yeah, I mean, he's just a bad goat instead of a good wolf. Or he has a vampire bat head <laughs> and four arms and goat legs. <laughs> So we really don't know what he was. <laughs> he played for the Blushen Berserkers, and somewhere in the fluff, I'm pretty sure that we read that they were like Norse, and so that's what they were to us. And we were like, I guess Norse are chaotic, and they kind of are if you go yeah. back into the old Warhammer role playing game fluff and stuff like that too. So we accepted they could get mutations, and they were kind of evil people yeah. and all that. So I mean, I think as kids we wanted the Norse to be like. Thor and you know heroic people, sure, of course. But no, they're they're Vikings, Just drunken Viking bastards. Yeah. So, anywho, anything else of chaos note to pass along before we move on? Um, you said there was a frog guy. Do you remember what his name was or skills, or did they show anything like that? They showed stuff, but they showed his name. I don't remember. They're probably doing that just to like tease the Blood Bowl fans. Watch they, this. Well, it this might will be. get him. We'll make a frog guy. <laughs> but uh, he's supposed to be a bile toad mutation. Huh. Mutant. Interesting. I wonder if that means they're going to introduce a new mutation skill. Monster's mouth. Oh, he has that, you think? Was it him or is it someone else? I don't remember. They put stuff up, and I could probably go find the pictures, okay. but I didn't. I didn't want to be too ruined when the magazine comes out. That's true. So who has them? They show pictures from Warhammer TV or somebody get mm-hmm. an early copy of the magazine? Well, uh, Warhammer TV put up okay. photos. Okay. So I don't know if they archive their stuff. If they do, you can go back and look. It was yeah. on Twitch. I'm sh- I would assume they'd archive it. Just happens automatically. Maybe not. They might not be exclusive for that 30 minutes they're live or whatever. Then after that, uh, Jonathan Taylor York and... Gave some tips about strategy. I didn't get to watch it because I was working. And then he and Johnny Johnny Bull played um, a game. Which I didn't oh, get to see either. I wonder what their strategy was like. I don't know. So there's strategy section in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
think JTY did this one. Okay. Or Gagster. I don't, don't remember who did it. Okay. Might have been Gagster. Um, but Johnny Bull does the next one. Ooh. So he knows what race it is, and he hasn't told us. Wow, he's a jerk. Yeah. Maybe um, maybe I'll offer to buy him like a, a crazy tattoo, like a flaming mutant skull. <laughs> We'll butt. get you a tattoo of whatever the next race is. <laughs> <laughs> he might be down for that. He probably would. I mean, <laughs> he'd be like, okay. Let's no, go have mate, some I've got an NDA. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, we'll get it out of him. We'll force it we'll out. We'll just him. wait, you know, three, four months, whatever it is. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to predict the next. Just predict when this one comes out because we still don't know. I'm going to say the next race is Nurgle. Because we've seen sketches for a while. Nurgle would be so easy. I really thought they would just do that with this. I really thought it would be out actually before the chaos. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm going to say Amazon. <laughs> no way. He mentioned Amazon. And it's... Well, I, I know. Nobody wants Amazons. I want to be naked. No, you don't. Why not? Don't get into that. Why? They were <laughs> never naked. You just want them to have one breast. <laughs> Right, like real Amazons. Right. I want all the Amazon men to be naked with the Amazon women. There are no Amazon men. That's the whole point. Are you telling me that they didn't capture men to keep their lifestyle going so they could have babies? No. They didn't. They were immortal. They were, immortal. They were given Im- immortality because they protected the fleece or something. That was like in Wonder Woman No, I think mythology. I don't know. I don't think all this my is mythology gets mixed up. All right, I'm just giving you a hard time. Hey, so nothing else. Somebody chaos? out there is mad because I mentioned naked figures, and they're like, "That's not PC." Hmm. There's people out there like that. They get mad at games. I would be upset if the company put them out. Yeah. My friend Brock, who plays board games with us sometimes, yeah, his wife really loathes miniatures that have like big boobs. <laughs> I mean, she gets mad when he's painting miniatures. What I get annoyed with <laughs> is. I learned this a long time ago. I've always stuck by it. Boobs are a secondary sexual... Uh, what is it called? Innuendo. No, it's a sec- secondary sexual organ or whatever. But it's the same thing as muscles on guys. You know, you don't complain when you see the big muscly guys. That's just what happens. Oh, of course. It was a comic book thing talking about how, you know... That's what gets people in is the big boobs, of course. Well, of course now we've we're much better about that now with society because you can actually have interesting stories. But pinup girls or stuff, you're going for the boobs, and if you're going for a pinup for women, it's a guy with no shirt and big muscles. Right, you don't think that gives us body yeah, images? Yeah, I mean that's that's why I've toned myself up to look like that. Beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the next segment. We'll be back with some Chimera Cop. It's time for some Chimera Cop talk. Did that sound really tough? Sure. It sound like I have three heads? Sounded like a lion head. Oh, I'm a lion head. Yep. All right, you act like the snake head. It's time for Chimera Cop. <laughs> That was terrible. That was good. Okay, you're you're great. You're a great snake. That was a great snake. <laughs> Is this what the security guy liked when you like worked nights? 
Yeah, that's what he liked. All right, Chimera Cup or the Chimera Open is a one-day tournament, four rounds, in Springfield, Missouri. It's Metagames Unlimited, May 12th. Coming up pretty short. Main thing is, if we don't have three teams signed up before May 1st, we're just going to have to cancel it. We've had problems mainly because of the fact that it's Mother's Day. Well, the truth is... And the is, location isn't helping. Oh, uh, well. There, there's And there's some other factors that I'm not going to mention, but we just had schedule problems. Yeah. And... Um, we had this scheduled... It was supposed to be a couple of months back, and then things kept changing between us. If I remember right, it should have been last weekend. Was it? Well, Mr. Drew Bucciacone yeah. had vacation with his parents. Yeah. Which snuck up on him. And that was the original date. Which is which would have worked better, but you know, it is what it is. Well, I gotta admit, none of us thought about Mother's Day until it was too not late. Not a bit. Not not one of us. Nope. There was four guys that sat in a room and I guess we don't love our mother. My mom's dead. So Steve has a reason not to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't really need to do anything. And Chance kind of does because his mom's in another town. But he was planning on seeing her this weekend, so he was that happy was with it. the sneaky little bastard. Oh, he did That's this on a, purpose. That makes a lot of sense. I'm still going to be home in plenty of time to see my mother on Mother's Day. Um, we've just never been a family that hang out from a morning till midnight with right. our parent on yeah, I Mother's or Father's Day. But... Um, evidently this is a problem with some people, mainly because people can't pry away from their wives who are being bitchy to them. Ah, <sighs> oh, boom. <laughs> Somebody's wife is listening right now and go, that guy is a dick. Nobody's wife listens to this. Oh, I bet you somebody does. Um, you email us if your wife listens <laughs> to this with you. <laughs> if you're allowed. Um, so we do we have don't... like two people who are individuals possibly looking for a team. Okay. So with that, that might get us to four. I think we'll have four teams. I think the tournament will still go on. Um, it's going to probably be small. I don't think we're, you know, we are hoping for the first year to get about 24 people. It would have been nice. And if we were on a different weekend and if we promoted it more and I got dice in time and Chessex didn't mess up. and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's... yeah, there's a lot of things. <laughs> Life is telling us, you shouldn't really run this this year, but we've already said it. We've announced it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's actually, you know, twofold. It's a good excuse to see the three dub block guys. We, we want to the run main it. reason. So this is a team tournament. If you haven't got that yet, um, with three different divisions, uh, you're going to have a, it's a three person team instead of traditional tournaments that seem to be what, four five or six. A world cup is six. World cup is or six. Seven. You could actually have one person. Like a sub or something, right? Yeah. Like okay. People could take a break and that person can sub in. You can't have a sub here. You're going to have a three-man team. So it's you, your buddy, and another buddy. And then there's three divisions. There's a line division, which is made up of the eight top-tier teams. Which is Undead, Wood Elves, Lizardmen, Amazons, Dark Elves, Chaos Dwarves, Dwarves, and Norse. So... You can look inside that division. You're only going to play teams from that division. So you can kind of metagame if you think, right. for whatever reason, Wood Elves is the best choice. Take Wood Elves. Then there's the Goat division. Skaven, Necro, Elves, High Elves, Orc, Kemri, Chaos Pact, and Human. And then last but not least, the Snake division. Slan, Underworld, <clears throat> Nurgle, Chaos, Vampire, Halfling, Goblin, and Ogre. So how we came up to these divisions is is not sitting around and us 
talking about what we think of each team. I just took the NAF stats of where each team ranks, like winning percentages. And back when there was 24 teams. Back when there was 24 teams, and we just said, let's just divide it up exactly into three. Um, and this is based off of how they finished, not uh, how much they played. Right. So that that's where we came up with these these tiers. We thought it'd be fun. You had to start somewhere. Um, what's the build for each team, Steve? For the teams, you're given 1.1 million gold pieces. 1.1, okay. Then you get up to 150 to add skills. So... So just like regular, your normal's 20, your double's 30. Oh, okay. So really my total at the end is going to be, if I spend all my money, is 1.25. Right. Okay. So this is almost like a Chaos Cup build, except with an extra 100K in it. Right. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. You can... Yeah. It's it's very, I wouldn't say flat, kind of vanilla-ish. Well. It's typical. It's typical. Yeah. yeah, I'd say it's very typical. No uh, weird rules, no crazy weather kickoffs, no anything. No tearing rules like halflings get half price skills or 10 skills while tier one gets four skills right. or anything like that. So you're going to be playing a team with the same value as your team. And in the same division. So again, if you're playing halflings, you don't have to worry about running into a really well done undead team or something or dwarf team or whatever yeah. so um we're giving am I, am I correct in saying that we're giving awards for the, the it's the overall team whoever wins first gets yeah. first as a team it's for the squad uh whoever has the highest amount of points okay. for the tournament and then the end boss for the second most taking okay. that from three die block okay delzine cup is for the third most yeah then you got a lion, a goat, and a snake champion, whoever has the most points inside of each division. Okay. Then you got the individual team that has the best offense and best defense and the most casualties. And then the typical fan favorite and best sports person. Okay. Not doing a stunty? No stunty because that is basically the snake champion. Right. I mean, it's tier two and tier three teams. Yeah. So. Okay. That's perfectly fair. So. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Should be a lot of fun if it happens. Um, uh, let's be positive, Steve. I'm positive we fun if it happens. <laughs> well, we're getting dice either way. so We are getting dice. Do they have dates on them? No. <laughs> yes, they're evergreen. <laughs> yes, they will happen <laughs> next year if uh, this doesn't work out. So, Or we can be selling them soon to recoup the funds <laughs> of... Of what we've... <laughs> Of what we spent already. I think when we first started talking about this, I thought this idea was amazing. Now, when we first, the genesis of this idea started, I think, back at Chaos Cup last year. Is that right? I think it was a little bit before. Even before? Because I think we were discussing the finalization at Chaos Cup. You're right, actually. Yeah, we talked about it we just a wanted, month and a been... half or so before, and we met in person, yeah. and we talked about the final. Because I remember we said, we have to get together to finish talking about this while we're in person. I think it came out because I missed going to 3 Die Brawl last year. It did. And it was like, it'd be nice if we just had a, another time to meet up. Besides and once a year or twice a year with 3 Die Brawl and Chaos Cup in Oklahoma. Nuffleween, if they come down. KL, yeah. Sure. So that was kind of the idea, and then we thought, hey, halfway in between is Springfield, where Chance, did it grow up there? 
I'm guessing. No, I don't think he's His from mom's there. Springfield. But he has camp down there all the time, and there's that he arcade. He knows people down there. He knows the arcade. He mm-hmm. knows the owner of Metagames. So should be, I mean, there's connections there. And yeah. if you haven't been to Springfield, it's a nice little town, actually. It is. I like stopping in there when uh, we travel. When we went to Branson last year, or even when we go to Casco and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. I wish we had more people signed up already. Yeah. I, I understand. I'm not going to, like... Be mad at people who say, I can't make it because of Mother's Day or anything like it that. It is $75 to sign up, but that's with three people. So technically, it's 25 a person. That's not bad at all. And at least five of that is going to the shop to buy prizes. And, and tournaments these days are charging that much everywhere. Oh, so. yeah. Not, not a bad deal at all. If we need a team, and do we have a backup team? Is that me, Drew, and Chance? Yes. That's the backup team to fill in a team or to if there's three teams to, yeah like if they need one player here or there. if there's three exact teams you guys can fill in we can just do three round three round round robin sure and there we go okay it is set up it is set to be a four round team or a tournament but if we don't have enough people it's just going to be three well just, i mean I think Jennifer's still going to try to go. I just don't know if we can get her to go. Uh, Hopefully you're not working evenings because that will ruin everything. Well, you need to remind me um, in the next few days to ask for that Friday off. Yeah. And then I'll just try to drive out there with you guys. Yeah, because that way we can hang out Friday and do the thing Saturday, come back Sunday. Yep. So just remind me on that because I can request stuff and they said... At my new job. It seems like with your job, especially Fridays, I don't think you'd have a problem getting off. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we'll see. I don't think so either. They, they made they alluded to it today when I was talking to one of the managers that like they're trying to build up enough that if you really needed just a time off, you could get it fairly easy. So. That's good. Anyways. No, I'm looking forward to it no matter what, just because it's going to be a little road trip. Yeah. See the guys, hang out with some other guys, and... I've said it in the past, and I'll say it again. If this is a small tournament, it's even more. It's fun. still going to happen, and they're they usually a lot more intimate and more fun. That space is awesome. They've got pinball machines there. Yeah. It's a cool store. Sure. There's a barbecue place next door. And if it's four teams and we cut it down to three rounds, that's more time to hang out and play board games. Sure is. I mean... We got nothing else to do that Some night. of my favorite tournaments have been the smaller tournaments. and Yeah. You know, you got to start somewhere, so I'm... I'm not ashamed to say that we're running this. So. No, I have no issue with it. I am ashamed that we probably should have thought <laughs> about Mother's have. Day, but we, we really, didn't. really, really should have. The bad thing with the Blood Bowl tournament scene this day, this day and age, is like six years ago, you plan a tournament, you don't worry about who it affects. No. Nope. Now enough people travel that you go, we could do it here. We go, no, that's too close to Gen Con. How about here? Oh, that's too close to Chaos Cup. Okay, how about this yep. date? Well, spiky cups then. Oh, how about oh, here? Well, oh, you know, we're I, not spiky cup. Spike cup in Canada. Instead there. of traveling like five hours, I'll just go to this one that's closer to me. That yeah, you there's know, that. And that, that was away. what I was going to get to. Is yeah. go like, well, I could go drive drive five hours to this tournament, or I could just wait till next weekend. And there's one in my backyard. Exactly. It's Which a great, is good great problem bad. to have, but. Please, listeners, if you're hearing this, come out to Chimera Cup. Bring two of your buddies. Get a team. Have some fun. We'll see what happens. Yeah. 
So you'll get to find out next month on Both Down. <laughs> well, we might have another podcast out before then. Oh, there should be something out before then. <laughs> there, there should be, but I don't know. I wonder what division. I guess I need to make up like a team for each division in case I get thrown That's in. That's probably the, the best way to go with everybody. Oh, this is interesting. And like if the two people that are singles, mm-hmm. one of them is like someone I trust to come and the other person I don't. I don't know them from Adam, so I don't really trust that they are coming. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'd say, well, I could just play, and then we have four teams. Well, honestly, if there's 12 people there, you're playing. Yeah. There's less than 20 people there. If there's four teams. Well, I'm saying if we need it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you needed to fill in, you could. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll rustle up some other people for a little trip. We probably need to book a hotel, don't we? Well, we'll probably wait and see if it actually happens. Uh-huh. Hotels aren't that hard to book. Oh, you say that, and then there's like some type of bondage convention in town in Springfield, and then we can't get it to... Well, then we have a hotel and a show. Oh, so we're going to cancel the event to go to the bondage yeah. thing. Yeah, okay, I get I feel you. We're going to get some clopping in. <laughs> clopping. <laughs> do bondage people do clopping? Is that Isn't a thing? that a bondage thing? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Isn't that what horses do when they clop around? Those horses that sell beer? What the are horse guys? people, yeah. The horse. Oh, you're talking like furry people? Oh, you don't know clopping. Okay. Oh, well, I really don't know clopping. No, clopping is when... Do you want to talk about this now? It's not bad. Oh, okay. Go it's for it. weird, but it's when someone pretends they're a horse. Oh, it's a real thing. Yeah. So they, ha- they put... You know this because you're a brony. I know this because I grew up watching Real Sex on HBO. <laughs> Everything was on there. That was all fake <laughs> stuff. No, it's not. <laughs> clopping. Uh, so okay, yeah, keep going. They get like hooves to put on their feet. This and is why you listen to their both hands. Down, folks. These these tangents. And uh, some of them, <laughs> like they'll put the bridle and the blinders on them. <laughs> Same like real. A, the 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 was it the biting chomp <laughs> the bit. That's what it is. A bit. <laughs> and they have reins going back to their owner or whatever they are, <laughs> and they'll clomp around. I think they might have some that pull rickshaws or something. I don't know. Clopping. Is it C-L-O-P-P-I-N-G? Yeah. Oh, gosh. But there has to be like a BDSM thing. Because I don't know what else it falls into. (laughs) Well, according to Urban Dictionary, clopping is when bronies fap to my little pony. Friendship is magic. Okay, that's not the same thing. That, okay. would, that would be disturbing. Yeah, well, I don't even want to see any more of this. This is going into an area that I don't... But it's there. <laughs> Jiminy Christmas, dude. There is a <sighs> lot of weird stuff out there. And I thought I'd like seen way too much of it in my life, and yet there's always a there's dark... There's always more. There's always a dark door that goes <laughs> lower. I'm sorry, Brian, uh, too, that you now know what clopping is. Wow. I didn't think we'd be talking about that today. <laughs> No, that's not on the show notes at all. Okay, well, we'll just go ahead and close Maybe this. Maybe we should have a clopping division at Chimera Cup. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways, uh, come on out. We have some really cool dice. We're going to have a fun time. Metagames is an awesome store. No matter what, come hang out. We'll play yeah. some board games. It'll be fun. All right. We will um, come back with a pre- previously recorded segment. Right. So if you I listen to 3 Dot Brawl, skip it. Yep. Same thing. If you haven't, don't listen to their show. They don't need the downloads. We do. Yep. Well, and we then, don't real. I mean. And then we'll see you after this segment for some shout outs. 
Welcome to this wonderful game we call Blood Bowl. You look a little lost there, rookie, but, and I know, it's confusing. So many people, so many teams to pick from, so many options are out there. It's enough to put your brain in vapor lock. But don't you worry, I've got a couple of buddies here with me and in Oklahoma that can help you out. What to expect when you're expecting, parentheses, when you're going to a tournament. Uh, with us tonight on both channels, we have several Blood Bowl Masters and what? Chance. Where? Oh, oh, nice. Boom. Well done. Well done. Uh, of course, everyone knows who Chance is from 3 Die Block. We Still have here. a couple of gingers from Down Under, uh, Kansas. Or- hey, mate. I like my hat. Good day. I like alligators and everything that's poisonous down here in Australia. My daddy was Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. I don't know how to do an accent when I say that. Everything's venomous. It's going to kill us all. Um, and of course, Good we have. Lord. Hey, thank you. Steven Scott. I, I was saving it. You weren't saving it. No. Uh, we have Steven Scott from both down as well. Uh, my name's Drew. And uh, we're here to talk to you. About being in a tournament. When you're new, what to expect? What do you do? Exactly. So, guys, uh, tournament-wise, how many tournaments have you guys run? Oh. Oh, oh wow. Sweet Lord. Um, we were not prepared for this. About what, four a year. What did we say? 25 we did a couple of back, so now we're I think at we're at 27 or 28. We're almost to 30. Almost to 30. Wow. And on our end, I know that we've run... I've helped with seven. And <laughs> probably about the same. The annual uh, brawl, that's it. You've done the braft. I've run the braft three or four times. Yep. Uh, so we, I helped with the red tide. Yep. So, I mean. Less than 10. So I would yeah, say we, combined. We've done Nupleween, Oklahoma, Spiky Cup, all of those about six or seven times. And, and then, we always do one other one of some sort, at yeah. least. So we at least run four tournaments a year. Okay. So between the four of us, I'm going to go ahead and say conservatively, We've run, well, let's see, so 40 times 2 times 4, at least 160,000 <laughs> tournaments. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much exactly that. Give or take a minus, yeah. Yeah. So the purpose of this is just to sort of talk a little bit to the new coaches out there. Everybody, we got Blood Bowl 16 hit the, hit the, uh, hit the stores, hit the shelves about a year ago, year and a half now, something like that, mm-hmm. right? We have all of these new players coming from the internet, coming to the store, seeing the new cool game, wanting to play, but there may be a little bit of hesitation about going to a tournament. Um, in your guys' experience, all of the experience out there, I mean, number one, is, is, is a tournament an intimidating thing for a new player? What do you think? I would think so, yeah. It probably depends on the player. We went to Chaos Cup for our very first tournament, and it was very intimidating. And when you have 12 hours to drive, that's all you think about. Yeah. Did you get yourself into your, your own heads a little bit? Um. Well, you just don't know what to expect if you've never been. Yeah. And playing strangers versus playing your friends over your you know your kitchen table is a big difference. And this was also back before Facebook was big in the community. So if you had a question on rules, you had to go to the NAF and hope that somebody would answer it. And then you would play stuff that you don't really know if it's right or wrong until someone points it out. You also don't know so how... So that was really what we were worried about. 
You also don't know how competitive the tournament's going to be. Like, I'm not sure if you come from a place of playing for fun or playing with your friends. You don't know how, like, cutthroat it's going to be. Is it going to be, like, Magic sure. or Hero Clicks or some other competitive games? You know, how rough it's going to be? You just don't know. We expected it to be as cutthroat as possible, and then we're happily delighted when we saw that it was not so much. But I'll never forget my first game just because the person I played oh, had an undead team that was made up of, like, the zombies with the bones on their base are, or the skeletons with zombies, bones on their base are zombies, and the skeletons without bones on their bases are skeletons. And they were just a hodgepodge of, like, Kimry miniatures and other miniatures. And I really felt like, and this is probably not true, but to this day, I think that guy was trying to rook me because, like, I couldn't tell what was what. And there was other times where, like, well, I'm going to hit this guy. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm going to knock him over. Well, he has dodge because he's my ghoul. What? You know, he's the one with holding the bone. And I'm like, what? It was very confusing. So, Chance, what was your first? What do you remember your very first tournament? Uh, well, my very first tournament where we played with other coaches, like not not local. Where you didn't play with yourself. Was maybe the 2012 right? The 2012 brawl. Were we going to? Yeah, I did Gen Con in 20. No, that's not true. I did Gen Con in 2010. Hero clicks for us kind of ended in 2008. I don't know to be honest with you. So it might have been Gen Con. It might have been one of the brawls. Yeah, it was somewhere. Did, in didn't you go to Chaos Cup 2011? I'm pretty sure I saw you. Chaos Cup 2011. I, yeah. I was the stunty cup champion of Chaos Cup 2011. Yes, I was definitely there. That was not the first one. We've been going, I think, 09 and 08. Because I got into Blood Bowl in 09. Yeah, so it must have been maybe the first time you came to Gen Con with us. It might have been. So, yeah. so okay. So we've been playing in tournaments. So, actually, Scott, you brought up a very good point. And, actually, let's go ahead and make this a uh, our first topic, Transi- if we would. Nice transition. Nice transitional statement yeah. here. So, Scott, you mentioned having to play with miniatures that weren't clearly marked or they're clearly marked to the guy who's playing them. What do you feel about miniatures as a, as a new, new tournament, co- tournament player? Let's talk a little bit about both sides of it. If I'm a new tournament guy, do I have to, I only bought the, let's say I only bought the box set. So I have my human team and my orc team, but I really want to play what elves. Is it all right for me to bring my human team as what elves? Do everything you can not to do that. Borrow teams from someone, uh, contact the, the tournament organizers. Maybe they have a what else team you can borrow. Try very hard to make the make the miniatures look like what they're supposed to be. I know it's not always possible, but do your best. I know we're probably pretty blessed, and I know this podcast is worldwide, but well, both podcasts I, are worldwide. I can't. I cannot imagine this being a problem, even if you only owned humans, that you could not talk to the tournament organizer. You couldn't find just somebody locally through the internet. I mean, the Blood Bowl community now, if you said, hey, I'm going to Water Bowl this weekend, and I really, really, really want to play Wood Elves, but I don't own one. Is there anybody out there that just has like a plastic proxy team? Now, I will say this too. In the same breath, you could go out, at least most tournaments don't care, you could go find some old D&D miniatures, the, the plastic ones that used to be sold for the game, mm-hmm. hit eBay and get four different elves that look one way, get two different elves that look another direction, and then 10 to another elves to be your elf lineman. There's, it's really easy to make or proxy teams. even use the human lineman as lineman. As That's long true. as your team is wood elves, you just need the positionals to look different. You know, you could use an ogre as a tree, and you could use humans as linemen. Just spend five bucks and get positional figures. 
At the very least, yeah, match the positionals. Um, yeah, Scott talked about the old D&D uh, and Pathfinder miniatures. They still make those. They still make plastic minis. WizKids makes both those licenses now. You could easily go online and get a pre-planted plastic team for 20 bucks or less. Just yeah, we had a we had a friend who played in our our dubbed home league or a friends league who went out and spent like six bucks and he got an undead team and all the positionals were very clear and they matched and everything. I mean, we gave away an undead team at Nuffleween for about six bucks. That's true. <laughs> Dollar Tree figures. Nice. And that that's another thing too is if you're gonna just max the positionals at least number them correctly. So, you know, make the make the so, miniatures very clear and number them correctly. Don't, like, poor Scott's first game, don't make the ghoul the guy holding the leg and the zombie's got the leg on the base and the skeleton's got the leg, you know, on top of his head. You know, that's that's not good enough. So here's my question for you guys as a new coach. How important is it for me to paint them? Like, I, I understand what you're saying about going out and buying the D&D minis, but I just don't, I don't want to, I already spent 20, I already spent like 60 bucks on the box set. Do I have to go out and spend you know, another 20 bucks to get a painted team. I don't have a lot of time. Is painting that important in the tournament? I think if you're asking me, I think a painted team, poorly painted or greatly painted, just adds to the experience. I'm also a weirdo that if you just have an orc team named, <laughs> we're the green meanies, that might drive me insane too. Now, if you said we're the Orkland Raiders, I probably have a much more enjoyable time playing against you. You guys know I'm weird about that. At the same time, we had a few people for Oklahoma Bowl that were trying to rush to paint their teams. And we, me and Steve clearly said, it's your very first tournament. Just come and have fun. Paint the bases. Yeah, to me, as long as the You're, bases are clearly painted for positionals. So like if you had blitzers, they're red, and you had your linemen, they're black. You know, just something that's very clear. And they're numbered. Then that's really the main thing I care about. I'd rather you come and have fun than worry about having three colors on them. Totally, totally agree. If you've only got that much time, do the bases, leave the miniatures unpainted. Color, color coordinate the bases, number them. That's perfect. Come and have a good time. Totally agree. But in the rule set that the, the tournament organizer put out there, he said that you have to have at least three colors painted for me to yeah, play. Yeah, so you say on I... every tournament we do. And then you and you write the tournament organizer and say, hey, I'm brand new. I don't have the time and or the money and or the interest to paint. Yep. You know, what, what do I need? And then the tournament organizer says, base color. Your blitzers are blue, your runners are red, your catchers are green, your linemen are gray, whatever. Number them correctly, and, and you're good, okay? We want them painted, but it's not a requirement. We, we don't want you staying home because your teams aren't painted. So I will say it is a requirement unless you ask, and then we can give you a, a pass. That's fair. Yeah, check. I agree with that. And really, you could prime them one color. There's tons of primers out there in colors. Take a whole human team, primer them in red. Go hit the flesh tones, or just a flesh color, and then put some silver on them on their spikes and stuff. Boom, they're done. Okay, seems pretty pretty straightforward. Um, how do pause? Pause. Scott, has got to go yell at some kids. Kid break. Kid, Kid break. break. <laughs> Steve, can you think of the worst, like the worst, most confusing team you've ever set down across the pitch from? Easily. Uh, Dean's roller girl team. Are we recording? He's, is this part of the recording? He was a dead team. Hmm? This is part of the recording, Yeah, right? why, why don't we, we, we can keep giving the listeners uh, content while Scott's messing around. Okay. Dean's roller girl. Yeah. Uh, one of the players from Texas, first time I ever played him at Rot Cup, he had, he had a roller girl team, and they were all the same model. 
And they're very well painted, but they're on clear bases, and they're proxying for undead. Whoa. And that was just insane. Okay. No, they, weren't Sorry. Even, they weren't even Amazons? We only have to do that once. No, uh, he was... <laughs> No, he was doing them as undead, and it was basically like, well, this one's helmet has a star, so it's a mummy. This one's helmet has two stripes, so it's a ghoul. Oh, that's not. It was annoying. So that's almost as annoying as cutting all this out. No, they were kind of going to cut stuff in and out. Okay, okay, sorry. I'm back. Yeah, you're good. We we figured we'd give the listeners some uh, some some color commentary while you were handling your business. That's cool. My, yeah, sometimes you have to be dead first. Exactly, exactly right. Always got to be dead first. My worst experience actually wasn't a tournament. It was in the league. I have played, when I my first joined Blood Bowl, first couple of seasons, I played both a team of dice. I'm not kidding you. Four, four, four-sided dice, one, two, three, four. It was either standing, prone, stunned, whatever. And also a team of, they were like these little colored like puff balls with the googly eyes on them. I mean, they were literally yep. like, literally like colored cotton balls with, with poofs on them, like, like puffy eyes and... It was absolute nonsense. Absolute that nonsense. team showed its face at the Oracle Cup, too. Oh, God. oh, is that Tristan's slant team? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I'm all for proxying teams of, like, this is this, this, this is that, but it's got to be really, really simple. And, of course, I think the way I do it is always the right way, so. <laughs> well, we all have our biases. That's fine. So let me ask you guys a question. We sort of talked about the teams, what to bring with me. What else should I bring along to my first tournament? Do I need to bring a bring my pitch? I mean, I, I mean, I spent a lot of money on it. Should I bring it along? Do I need to bring like dice? Do I have to bring, you know, what what else should I? What is on my my list of items to bring with me to a, a, a tournament? Well, you need to bring your pitch unless the tournament organizer clearly states you do not need to bring your pitch. Which is rare, Which, and even then, doesn't hurt to bring it. Yeah, you can bring it leave in your car. You don't have to carry everything in. Probably need to bring your passing templates, your throw-in templates. I know a lot of people have those memorized. Some people use the passing card, but bring them anyways. Um, I still bring some pair of dice and block dice when I show up to tournaments, along with reroll counters and all that stuff, just in case. I'm, I know a lot of tournaments give that stuff away, but you'd never know if you show up to that day of the tournament and they say, our dice didn't show up, they're going to be here tomorrow, but unfortunately we're going to have to use these plain red ones or whatever. My main thing is bring a copy of the rules and a copy of the tournament rules. So then if you have any questions, you can look at them and then... At worst case scenario, ask a organizer. And print off your roster. If they tell you to bring four copies or six copies and you think, well, I only need two, I don't care. Listen to what they say. <laughs> Waste the four other pieces of paper to make the tournament organizer happy. Yes. I know there's a lot of people out there that go, well, I'll just have them print it off. It's not that big of a deal. It's just one of them. Well, if 20% of the people think that, then it's a problem. Yeah, that's 12 people at our tournament. And really, that's pretty disrespectful. I mean, it sounds stupid, but it is. It, it's, I mean, not, it's not stupid. I mean, those people, your tournament, whatever tournament, you're running it for 20, 30, 40 people. And if half those people want you to print sheets out, then everyone is delayed. The, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So bring those along. Now, if I've heard that if you bring gummy bears along and you give them to the tournament organizer, you get a better 
uh, better first round opponent. Is that is that true? Well, Nick, Nick, no. what you should do is make sure you get both the tournament organizers. Otherwise, they'll guarantee that you'll never win something from one of them. No, we never <laughs> change the draws, but it might go towards another trophy or something. Ah, okay, it's okay. Hey, and you know that that reminds me something that people don't think to bring. But if you want to enhance your experience and the experience people you're playing with, bring some kind of giveaway for your team. You know, sometimes people make dice or they make little uh, turn marker chips or they give away candy because they're playing halflings or, you know, that kind of thing. If you want to really theme up your team, bring some fun, little, silly, simple, you know, ex inexpensive giveaway for your opponents, the organizers, everyone else. And just, you know, I will say that it's about a 50 50 if your opponent gives a damn. Yeah, that's true. Mean, that's true. Generally, I, I would hand out something like, hey, we do a podcast. Here's this. And like, uh, OK, whatever. Right. Well, I will say this, though, from my experience, so Chaos Cup, I'm pretty sure I played, I had my first experience. I, you know, I got out beaten out coached. I could blame it on not knowing the models, what, what skeleton was holding bones or whatever. I still would have got beat, but it was frustrating. I believe my second round opponent was uh, Brian Mitchell from um, Zlurpcast. Hey, isn't that, isn't remember, that a podcast remember, about games? It's a Dreadball like, podcast. Like, like, like War Machine or something like that? Yeah, they, they do a lot of War Machine. I, I remember playing him, and after it was all over, he handed me this little just poker chip that said, I played Extreme. And while it was goofy, and I still have it, though, and I and at the time, I thought, this is really cool. I should do something like this if I go to tournaments. As a newbie, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, you're, you know? you're both right. Some of the people won't care, and that's fine, but you're doing it for your experience and for the people that do enjoy. I have one of those too, Scott, and he he beat me down many years ago at Chaos Cup, and I still have it too. So you're giving it to the people that are appreciated. You give it to everyone, but you're doing well, it to the people that appreciate it. The flip side to that, if you're one of those people that somebody hands you something, don't be a butthole. <laughs> Act true. like you, oh, thanks, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to glad hand us just because we do a podcast that goes out to 2% of the Blood Bowl populace. Mm. Right. But when you hand somebody some dice and then they act ungrateful for it, you're kind of pissed off that you wasted your own money for that. And then you play even harder and try to beat them even harder. So they've kind of right. hurt themselves. Be nice. <laughs> be nice. Exactly. That's another one too. Yeah, you... Be nice. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you guys this. I, I might have. So now that I have my, my, my list, my thing of gummy bears that have been soaked in vodka and I have all my dice and my teams and what have you, how do I pick my first tournament? Is it just, do I go to Chaos Cup like what you did, Scott and Steve? Or do I go to, you know, a smaller size tournament, say, like, I don't know, you know, three die block or brawl? I would... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you want them to go to either a really small tournament? Or, or well, how do I pick? How do I pick which I... one to go with? Closest? Maybe I would probably say closest. Proximity. I would say closest Now too. that there's enough of them. Back when we first went to Chaos Cup, there was literally nothing around us. And the closest one to us that we knew of was Chaos Cup 12 hours away. Wow. So, I mean, that's as much as we knew. You know, Zlipcast was there, and we heard about it from them, and it was Chaos Cup from the fluff, and it's Chicago. So all that factored into it. But we didn't really have any other choices around here. Before we started running tournaments, Chance, there was one other tournament that we had no ties to and by ties i mean people come to our event and go this is really cool i think i'm gonna run a tournament up in tulsa can mm -hmm. you guys help me out for some advice 
one tournament during this whole time. And it sounds like we're kind of bragging because we planted the seeds, but it's the truth. There was one event. We yeah. went to that one event, and they never ran anything else because their Blood Bowl group broke up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, gotcha. Well, it's, it's not bragging. It's true. You know, you, you put the time in to run these events. People get inspired by that and want to want to run others. Like, oh, I didn't think I could do that, but I see them doing it. I know I can. Right. I agree with proximity. Yeah, you could also go to the NAF. You could just Google, you know, Blood Bowl tournaments Midwest or East Coast or England or wherever you are and go to one closest. I think that's the way to go. But I would recommend contacting the people, too. You can also ask these kind of questions, get a feel for exactly what they want, and also get a feel on what kind of crowd it is. Super casual, super competitive, a little bit of a mix. You know, information is power. You know, get as much of it as you can to hopefully calm some of the you know nerves you may have uh, for, for going to your first tournament. Speaking of information is power, we see this even by veterans. If you're going to a tournament, it's a good idea to read the rules pack. You Very might think so. you know everything, <laughs> but even really good high-profile players will send something in or ask you 50 questions, and you're like, it's right there in the first page of the rule pack, if you would just look through it. Oh, so that's an important part of going to any tournament is knowing the rules? <laughs> I, I would Imagine say, that. I would say that would help maybe build your team, or it might solve a lot of the questions that you're about to ask the TOs because if the, the tournament organizer has to – if once again, you think they won't mind answering it. Well, we don't. But if everybody asks the same one question that's already addressed, it just saves time for It also everybody. gets annoying when like, well, I, you know, it doesn't say in the rules. And then I point out exactly how it's written in the rules and then someone goes, well, the way it's written can go either way. Like, no, no. It says you cannot take them. Uh, there's no other way to read that. So would you guys recommend printing out a copy of the rules and bringing those along with the with me to the tournament? Well, Steve's a big proponent of oh, that. Oh, yeah. I already mentioned that. That's that's one of my big ones. Yeah. But also looking at rules might help you decide what tournament to go to as well. That's like true. if you want a straight-up tournament, Oklahoma Bowl's a good one. If you want a wild and goofy one, Spiky Cup's a good one. If you want a team tournament because you've got, you got some friends that want to make it a team adventure, Chimera Cup coming up is a good one. Or if you just want to go to Chicago as a vacation, Chaos Cup. Or you want to do a draft, you know, you go to the draft or anything like that. So how do you make that decision? How, how do you decide if, would you recommend a simple tournament, a straightforward tournament as a, as a first-time experience? Or, or is that just really something that's up to me as a player? Just It's up to the player. Some people aren't intimidated by stuff and some people are. I think your first tournament experience goes a long way if you go to more tournaments, though. And if you ask me a format, while some people might think Chaos Cup or even Oklahoma Bowl is a little bit boring because it's very plain Jane, it's also a good experience just to get the feel. Now you know what players, what to expect from players you play. You know, just the timing of it because you're not in your, you're not at your local game store playing for three hours. You have two hours to get busy and play. So I, I would keep it in a rule set you're really comfortable with. I, I agree with Scott. I think a tournament that's three or four rounds of just straight rulebook Blood Bowl, you know, it's, it's probably going to be more likely what you're playing in the league. You're going to have a little bit more of a sort of a foot in the pool there. I, I agree. I think you start with the simple bare bones ones and then hopefully have a good time. And then you start branching out at all these crazy alternate rule sets that people use. That's the way to go. I mean, I mean, when we went to Chaos Cup for our first tournament – we we left because the experience was so positive 
it's like we want to do this. We used to run HeroClick tournaments, and those were super successful. And, you know, we had the community rocking while we were into that. It's we left Chaos Cup just fueled. The, this is what we're going to do. And if we would have went to some crazy tournament that had permanent injuries or just, I mean, even Spiky Cup might have been overwhelming for us. That's true. We might have just said, well, that was fun. I'll go do it again. But we might have left not wanting to run our own tournaments. It's fair. It's fair. Hmm. Yeah. So if you do the research, find the one you want, and then download everything about it and call ahead. Get information. Okay. So you're saying it's okay to reach pay out to in the advance. Yeah. Rule <laughs> number one, pay in advance, far in advance. Yeah, it really helps the TOs. Should I send my roster in early then if I know what I want to do? Well, absolutely. Sooner the better. Okay. Yeah, pre-register. We, yeah. We pushed that on ours because we want to make sure that we review them. And when we have 60 people at one event and 40 at the other, it's 100 rosters to go over. We can't do that in two weeks. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, we might even go to, as a tournament organizer running it, where if you turn your your stuff in in time, it's bonus points. It really might be, just to force people's hands a little bit. That'll work so. for me, guys. I know I'm not always good about pre-registering. That, that would work for me. Not always good, <laughs> as in I don't do it. I think he did it this year, I think. Barely, barely. But it, barely. It, I, I can do better. I can do better. <laughs> Didn't do much voice. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. No kidding. So after I decide on which tournament to go to, say I'm going to come down to Oklahoma uh, to, to participate in the Spiky Cup because I can. Um, should I tell my opponents that this is my first time at a tournament? Should I tell the tournament organizer? I don't. I I, I want to have fun, but I don't want to. You know, I, I want to make sure that. People know that I need to take a little bit of it. Can I take extra time as a new coach? I would tell the TO. I would, I would recommend not telling your opponents. I would just say, just chat. Hey, how you doing? Playing some Blood Bowl, whatever. Kind of feel them out. I wouldn't lead with this is my first tournament. Because A, they might be super nice and try to like coddle you more than you really want. Or they might be super cutthroat and go, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wreck this guy. Right? I don't know that you might have seen it different. I don't know that there's that many people that are going to cutthroat someone. Most people are going to say, oh, it's your first tournament? Okay, you know, I'll make sure to help you a little bit. Or, you know, this is how to do it, and this is what I like. Now, if you tell the TO, we do make a, at least us anyways, we make a deal of, you know, okay, well, if you had any questions, let us know. You know, we do keep a tight schedule, so make sure if you're going a little slow that, you know, it's not bad to speed up, or if we need to tell you to speed up, let us know, or whatever. So always tell the TO, I don't see it being an issue to tell the opponent. I think when I first went to Chaos Cup, I told all my opponents, like, hey, this is my very first tournament ever, and if I make a mistake, don't be afraid to point it out to me. Exactly. Because it's probably just me being either nervous or just not seeing it. You know? And let's be realistic. It's your first tournament. You're probably not going to win. That's so true. That's true. don't worry about it. What do you, what do you mean I'm not going to win? <laughs> you're not going to win, dude. What if you're the best t- best player in your league? You know, you can't expect to have the same success in a tournament? <laughs> probably not. If you're the best player online, then yes, that <laughs> probably will transfer over. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I, li- I like the idea of uh, if you actually are going and looking at it as sort of, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to absorb the information, I'm going to learn, then yeah, I can see you then telling your opponents, like, this is my first tournament, I'm kind of new, so if I screw up, let me know, I want to learn. I would bad. also recommend just building a team for fun too. You know, you want, 
if it's your first tournament and the first time you've dealt with picking skills or anything, you're probably not going to make a great team. You can ask around, get help, but still, to me, just build it and have fun and then learn from it. Can we transition to team selection? I think that's a pretty good call about like what you pick and how you build them. Sure. One last thing I'll add about being the new guy at the tournament. Sure. And I've said this in other games too. Like I don't play Magic that often, but every now and then I'll draft or I'll play something or like Star Wars Destiny. When I first started playing Destiny, I was like, I don't have a lot of games under my belt. I would like to know what I'm doing wrong after everything's over. Yeah. You know, let me know later, not during the game, because I don't want it to affect the outcome. I don't want to accidentally win because you coached me to help beat you in Star Wars Destiny. But afterwards, you can tell me which triggers I missed or what I what I missed on the field or whatever. I I don't mind that later. Do you feel that that's something that I should expect of of my veteran? Like, is that something that the veteran my my veteran coach that I'm playing against as a new new coach? Is that something that's that they should do, or is that something that they're required to do? I wouldn't ex- if if I sat down and told somebody and they just didn't want to talk to me about it, whether it's Star Wars Destiny or Blood Bowl or whatever, I wouldn't be mad at them. I wouldn't walk away going, "Well, that guy's a jerk." He wouldn't tell me everything I did wrong. Right. But at the same time, if you were a veteran coach, I don't know why you wouldn't have said, "Remember that time I dodged from your diving tackle guy? You forgot to tell me you had diving tackle and." You know, you should have you know noticed that or something similar. And also, um, you, you didn't say tackle when you had it. You need to let me know. There's a difference between optional and mandatory. So, if you're playing someone and they, how do I phrase this? If they're not reminding you of game mechanic stuff like armor rolls or you know, oh, you forgot to tell me, so I didn't do it. No, you can't do that. That's a game mechanic. And you're fully within your rights to tell the TO, and the TO can come over and admonish them or do whatever needs to be done. I'm a big believer that if you have any issues, you come to the TO and let them know. There's no shame. There's nothing wrong with it. That's what we're there to do is make sure everyone's on the same page. Totally agree. You need to, you need to be playing by the rules, obviously. Well, you got to roll my armor. I fell down, that sort of thing. But at the same time, right. you, know, you can't really expect them to help you with tactics. Like You should dodge here first before you go no. for the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. If they want to do it, that's awesome. That's great. Good coaching. But, uh, yeah, certainly don't – can't require it, unfortunately. Okay. So you said that, Chance, you had wanted to talk about team selection? Well, if we bit? wanted to go forward, because uh, uh, Steve had mentioned playing uh, kind of like a fun team, kind of mess around a little bit because you're probably not going to win. You want to have a good time. Um, I just think as far as team selection, without getting into, like, the nuts and bolts, it's a whole different show, I definitely would recommend – I don't know. Unless you really, really badly want to play – you know, I'll play Slan. Frog creatures seem cool. Or I'll play vampires because vampires are cool. Whatever. I would recommend playing one of, like, the kind of the bread and butter pretty good teams. You know, Or something of, you're very used to. Or something you're used to. Exactly. I would not go, like, goblins first time, for example, uh, unless you just love the theme of them because they'll be very frustrating. And I don't want a, a new coach to have a bad experience for that reason. Well, I'm more on Scott's side on this. Play a team that you're familiar with so you don't have to think about your team. You just have to worry about thinking about the opponent's team. Right. I mean, just, yeah, keep it nice and simple. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys know how I was trying to do the 24 teams and 24 tournaments. I didn't set out to do that until about four tournaments in when I realized, wow, I actually accidentally went to four tournaments and played four different teams. But I, I started with teams that I just felt comfortable with, and that's what people should do too. 
So I've heard that dwarves are really good for a beginning team, but really experienced coaches shouldn't play dwarves because they're, they have too much of a, you know, they're too one-dimensional. Uh, is that true? Should I try and play dwarves as a beginning, a beginner, and then not, and transition away from them as I become more experienced? <laughs> you should play with whatever you want. I mean, when yeah. it really comes down to it, um, I like variety, but that's me. I will probably almost almost never play to to the same teams back to back. I've done it once out of like nearly fifty tournaments that I've been to. That's just me. If you're a guy who just likes dwarves and you're awesome with it and I get annoyed by it, I'm probably going to bash your balls about it, tease you a little bit, but at the same time, play what you want. And if we're talking specifically about dwarves, I mean, dwarves are good. They're hard to beat up and everything, but they're not top tier generally. You're not going to win many tournaments with them. Most people with them don't win tournaments. It's true. That's true. Yeah, the number one thing is you do play something you enjoy. But I think if you don't know what to play and you're kind of open, then I would just recommend playing one of the kind of the durable, you know, the the, yeah. the, the, the lunchbox teams, the orcs, doors, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, opponents don't like playing against doors, but I think a new coach, again, if you don't have something you're really tied to, like I really want to play goblins or halflings or whatever, you know, it's just a kind of a dependable, you'll get oppositions, you'll learn, but you won't get beat because half your team is in the, is in the injury box or they fail. They double, they double, they double. You won't get injured a lot if you play dwarves. I, I think you see a lot of rookie coaches go to tournaments and they pick dwarves because they're loaded full of block and mm-hmm. they're tough. And then they have a bad experience because, you know, they overrun the play and you can't catch up when you're dwarves. Or if you don't, you know, randomly knock a lot, a lot of people off the field, you might still get beat, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. so they expect to win more. Yeah. But they don't. And I know, like, I don't, I'm sure you remember this chance. Uh, a lot of the good hero click pieces, and people would really milk those. And a lot of people online would tease them about, you know, playing the power pieces oh, yeah. and being a power gamer and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. People might tease you about this or that, but in general, people don't care. I mean, down here, we know Dean is going to play undead and wood elves and he's really freaking good with it yep. but we just deal with it but he know? also doesn't win tournaments he no. wins games yeah. but he doesn't win tournaments sure yeah i would recommend just for the record i'd recommend orcs over dwarves for a new coach exactly why you described because dwarves don't get hurt very easily but they're very non-dynamic they don't react very well they don't stretch the field very well right. uh, and they can be very frustrating for a new coach i'd recommend orcs but right. yeah, just just take that in consideration definitely play what you want number one and number two Play something that you think you'll that will not take away from your experience as you learn at your first tournament. Yeah, cool. Um, so I had a question. So one of my friends went to a tournament once, and a tall, bald man kept asking him to go to the bathroom to look at his power sword. Uh, should he have gone in there? He also had a He-Man shirt on. Should yes, should, always. Should you... always. Does he have a lot of money or maybe own a business? I think I, my friend said that he owned, no and was yes, a, a small business owner. I like to say oh. I was tall though. Thank you. I was tall. <laughs> Awesome. Is he an experienced bald man? I believe so, yes. Then I'd probably go in there and see what he has to offer. <laughs> it might glow. If it lights up, it'd be amazing. Vintage yeah. power sword, apparently. So so don't talk to strangers? Is that so what we're talking about? Just, yeah, don't talk to strangers. <laughs> um, so Stranger day. What are some common courtesies I should you know do at a tournament? I know, like, I have a guy in my league at home that, uh, you know, he always cheers for you know, double skulls or ones and ones out loud. Is that okay at a don't tournament? Do that. Or is, don't so, do that. 
So Chance, I'm gonna let Chance ran on this, but yes. <laughs> remember, you're not playing with your best buddy. You're playing against other people. And you never know when Blood Bowl or Nuffle luck changes on you. We had a guy who played his first tournament. He was rooting not tournaments. First store league game against me. And of course he's rooting for some ones. And I rolled a one and he laughed about it. And he goes, Oh, look at him. He's kind of getting mad about this. And I said, I'm just going to warn you. Don't do that when you come to Oklahoma bowl, because you could really make some people mad. I was like, this is a game where you set up the other guy to roll bad. That's what you want to do in blood bowl. That's why at times to me, it feels like I don't earn games because you set them up and the guy rolls a one and then you're happy or he rolls a two and then he re-rolls it and rolls a one. Blood Bowl is about making the other guy throw more dice and you hope he fails. We all want that, but we don't cheer for it. Later playing the same guy, the moment that he was giving me a hard time about the ones, luck changed on him. And for the rest of the game, I never needed another re-roll, and I dominated it. And then after the game, I waited, and I said, that's why you don't do stuff like this. You also don't mess with Nuffle. <laughs> she is vengeful. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You don't like you don't sit down and play chess and really like, oh, I hope you lose your queen. Hope you lose that pawn. Hope you put your knight in the wrong position. What other game do you openly like yell at the person and say, oh, I hope that hero guy is in the wrong spot. Or I hope, that, I hope your next magic card is a land. Draw land. Draw land. Draw land. Like, nobody does that. But for some reason in Blood Bowl, that is some people think that's totally okay. It's also very obvious. I think Scott actually might be the first person told me this. You are always in your head rooting for the dice to fail because it's good for you. Of course you are. Yeah, because your turn will start sooner. You'll get more. You'll get more uh, options on the field. It's it's much worse for them. We all know that is what is happening. You don't need to, you know. Like vocalize it. Exactly. You don't need to be on the nose with it and say, Oh yeah, that thing that I know you know I'm thinking about, I'm gonna say it now. It's it's very tacky and it's it's extremely rude and it's 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 amateur hour. Every one of us has won tournaments. We can all actually say every one of us has won tournaments. But how many times through Blood Bowl have we had a subpar turn and immediately as soon as you say, I'm done, you think in your head, God, if I could just get a break. Yes. And have him roll two bad dice. Mm-hmm. And like he'll throw one block and push you. And then the next thing is a double skulls. Mm-hmm. And you're hoping, like, don't don't use your reroll, don't use your reroll. And then he uses the reroll and he rolls a double du- another double skull. Deep down, you are happy as crap. Yes, you are. <laughs> but you are. you're going like, dude, that's a tough break. You know. And also, like <laughs> when you're playing a game and someone uses their only reroll, it changes how you feel about the game. Yeah. Because now they are one bad roll away from me taking over. Instead of, you know, even if they do screw up, they've got a re-roll or they've got a built-in skill. Yeah. I mean, I say it all the time. Sometimes Blood Bowl, to me, doesn't feel rewarding. I never feel like I controlled it. But in reality, and Chance, you might have said this. You're putting them in a position to roll dice. So if they failed their dice rolls, you did the right thing. Or some somebody said that the last tournament. I was like, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe I need to stop beating myself up because it wasn't – when I roll the dice and then I hurt you, you know, it was me making you roll dice. So I, I don't I, know. I think I definitely told you that. I think I, I was passing that wisdom on from some other blood bowl coach that told me that. Yeah. You, they rolled the dice that you make them roll. So, right. Yeah. So nope. is that no. the only thing like, like courtesy wise that I should not do is like root for that. Or is there anything else I should do each Look, match to sort of try and be like, I want to make sure my opponent has a good experience the first time they play with me. Shake hands. Don't be pissy. Wish them don't luck. Be, yeah, wish people luck, and then 
as you're playing, just be nice and sociable. I, I yeah. agree. I, I've also found that if you like their miniatures, if their miniatures look cool or they're painted well, you know, compliment them on that, say good things. And I know this might sound sort of contradictory to what I was saying. If their miniatures are nonsense, and I'm, I'm using the very nicest word I can, don't be overt about it. Like, wow, these guys are painted terribly. Or, wow, these, these are dice for miniatures. This is so stupid. Like, there's just no reason to pile on the negativity. You're already kind of stuck in that situation. There's just no reason to pile on the negativity. And definitely don't cheer when they fail a dice roll. I know we're coming back to that. but And if you get mad because your dice are going bad, yes. don't take it out on your opponent. If you Even to... if you throw the dice, just make it funny and like, uh-huh, I threw the dice and I didn't hit you or I've, something. I've had to say several times because I do not hold in everything. Like, I don't know how people like Michael Lewis can win 75 Best Sportsman Awards because I know Michael Lewis and I know that guy gets really angry, and yet somehow he can play the game and smile and giggle and laugh even when he's having bad luck. I'm just not built that way. <laughs> you know, I kind of, I guess, look like I'm getting pissy or mad. And I tell people often, like, dude, I'm not mad at you. This game's just driving me nuts. I just want you to know I'm not mad at you. Or, you know, yeah. keep beating me up. That's what you should do. I don't like it, but... Clear the pitch, clear me, Drew, because that's what you should do. And it's it's hard, but you can do that. Now, a thing I would recommend is sharing dice. I seem to not get as mad at dice when I share dice with the opponent. And oh, if Steve's agree. dice roll hot and mine roll crap, I can't blame the dice, so I just accept it more. Sounds stupid. It's what I do. Sharing the dice is a terrific idea. It, it's a very clean way to show when turns begin and end as well. Um, and yeah, you're sharing them. So if you're if Drew's hot, dice is hot, and my dice are terrible, well, they're the same dice. It just happens. Totally agree. When you talked about being mad, if you already know what part of Blood Bowl makes you mad, if you've played enough in your home at, online or with your your home league before your tournament, and you know what makes you mad, it's failing dodges or go force or blocks, whatever. You know, have some mechanism to cope with it. You know, take a breath. Sure. Be like, excuse me for a minute. Go outside, yell, whatever you need to do. Walk around, cool off. Just have some mechanism in place or sit quietly. You know, maybe the chatter just stops. Maybe the small talk stops when the dice get bad. That's my thing. I'm, I'm all chatty Kathy when it's even up or when I'm doing well. And then as soon as I get mad or the other person gets mad, I'm just playing quietly now. Just trying to be respectful. Me too. Yeah. And really, if you have something great happen, you also kind of, if you can, at least I think you should, kind of keep it to yourself. For example... There was last year at the three die uh, brawl tournament. I got my butt whooped all day long by your your local player Andrew. Um, he had a um, underworld team versus my halfling team, and then I luck sacked it out with a stupid halfling throw on the very final play of the game with about five guys left, no rerolls, scored a touchdown, and took that thing to a draw. I was so happy I left the store. Because I didn't want to feel like I was rubbing it in his face. Andrew knew I should have been happy. Right. You know, I think he even said something to Drew. He's like, I don't even know why I left the store. He should be happy or something like that. But I just <laughs> yeah. felt it would have been unsportsmanlike to giggle and be like really happy. So I went outside and did it. <laughs> I ran around the corner and then I came unglued and then I called Steve and go, you're not going to believe this. There have been plenty of times where I've been ecstatic about you know something and just had to apologize you know coming back from a t down two to nothing to winning three to two at halftime or whatever um yeah i'm gonna be a little excited and i'm gonna be that guy that goes look i'm sorry i 
I don't mean to rub this in, but that was freaking awesome. Right. I try to hold that in as the best yeah. I can. I really do. And Just, when it comes to etiquette, uh, this is a tournament. So if someone does foul you every turn, can't get mad at that. And if they pitch clear you, can't get mad at that. Part of the game. And, and talk to your opponent before the game begins and decide what are cock dice. What are not cock dice? Are we using the dice tower? Do yes. only rolls to the dice tower count? Blah, 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 blah. Set it up and then be happy with it. What yeah. happens if my opponent says, I don't want to use your dice tower? Um, I'm actually okay with that. Don't have to. Yeah, you can't force them. Yeah. Okay. Say, okay, as long as whatever you want to do, you're consistent with. You tell me what you like and you do just that all game. And, and I, yeah. if they go against that inconsistency, hold them to it. Yes. You don't have anything to hold. If, if someone says, well, if it's on anything, then it's going to be cocked. And they call it when it's on a piece of paper. Okay. You know, they said anything. That's fine. But remind them but about when it when they, it's good for them too. Right. When it's cocked against a player and they got a six, be like, no, you said you'd re-roll that. Well, I mean, I mean, no, no, you said it. We're going to abide by it. Yeah. I feel, and I tell Steve this all the time. I feel like since we do a podcast, I can't be, um, what's the right term? <laughs> I, I guess I can't hold people to things as much as I would if I was just a normal guy. And I have no issue with that. And Steven, <laughs> like, I think it was the first, it was, it was one of the, the brawls we went to. I played a guy in the first round. Um, one of his dice didn't go through the tower once. And I reminded him about, you know, we said everything was had to go through the tower. And he failed that one. He's like, oh, yeah, right. And he was ready to re-roll that. Well, then later it, it didn't go through the dice, but it was a six. And I said, remember, it has to go through the tower. He's like, but I want to keep it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was like, I looked at him and I thought, I said, if w whatever you think's right in this situation. And he said, okay. And he kept it. <laughs> you don't give people and the I was option. Furious. And I could tell you the player is, but I'm not going to, but I was furious because I was already having terrible luck in the matchup that you want when you're dwarves, which is goblins. And I was having terrible luck. So, you know, goblins to beat dwarves or tie them need a little bad luck from the other guy. And I was furious at this. And Steve's like, you have to hold your own on this. You know, just because you're part of a podcast doesn't mean that you're exempt from this. But I always feel like, what if we lose a listener? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't care. <laughs> so now every time I play an opponent, I have about a 10-minute speech about dice. And they, a lot of times they look at me and think I'm crazy. And I said, well, the only reason I'm doing this is because I've had bad experience in the past. And then they go, okay, no problem. And I've never had a problem since. <laughs> number one, off the air, I want to know who it was. And number two... I totally agree. Just be consistent. Just lay it out with your opponent. Be consistent. Stick to it the entire game. Done. So then yep. I, have, I have a question for you guys. So you talk about people cheering for bad things to happen, and then you know it hurts your feelings. So what do I do if you know somebody's you know either yelling at me or yelling at the dice? And I'm, I mean, I want to have a fun time. I'm not having a good time. I know it's a dice game, but like every time I roll this one. You know, or the dice, and I roll a one. He cheers, like he yells at the dice. He he sometimes uses swear words, um, which is really sort of weird, and I don't like <laughs> swear words. So how, well, no, that's a valid point. How, if, how do how do if, I take? I don't want to take the abuse, but I don't want to be like the guy who's like narking people out. Are you playing Tom Rummery? There's there's no shame in narking someone. If you feel uncomfortable, let the TO know. Totally now, agree. if they're yelling at dice, 
whatever. If they're cursing or yelling at you, you better believe I have no problem throwing someone out of a store or out of a tournament. I've done it before in Hero Clicks. I've stood up to a guy who was crazy, legit crazy, told me he didn't have his meds, looked him in the face, and I go, you told me you don't have your meds? You're out of the store. I don't have an issue with that because it's you paid your money. He paid his money. If he's causing a problem, that's on him, not on you. Totally agree. You don't you don't take personal abuse. If they're abusing their own dice, that's one thing. That's, yeah, that's on them. That kind of sit through and you just like, OK, I rack this game up to no fun. But the moment they cross a line and cursing or yelling at you, you let a T.O. know. Yep. And if you do run into a person that you do not have an enjoyable game, and I'm going to say this from experience, relax, because the next 10 games you have in Blood Bowl, it seems like are great. This is this is not a game like Magic and stuff where it's like, oh, I had four awesome opponents and two so-so opponents. No. Blood Bowl, most of the time, there's a good 90% rule of like, everybody's really, really freaking cool. And if they're doing something you don't like, just be like, hey, dude, can you just not do that? It's kind of annoying. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, that's what I would say with the dice cheering and stuff. You know, like, look, we both want us to roll ones. That's the truth. So let's just be quiet about it. Or I hate this. this you're really taking me off. And it's stupid for me to even get mad about this. But, you know, I have a short trigger. And just explain things. I mean, I, it hasn't really been an issue. Blood Bowl no, does. Blood Bowl players are, for the most part, really good people. I, you beat me to it. I was going to say Blood Bowl does tend to draw people that are more laid back. And even if they're trying very hard to win a Chaos Cup or an Oklahoma Bowl and they're, and they're, they're playing the high-level teams, it's not the same as other high-level events I've been to in other games. It's, it's just not. I mean, not and, a- and it's not just Magic. I don't mean to dump on Magic. There's some great sports in Magic. HeroClix is a dice game. And I played high-end hero clicks for six or seven years, and I played some real poor sports. And it seemed like the higher you got, the worse it got. The power, yep. the power gaming, the rules lawyering, you know where this figure is, where this click is, all that kind of stuff. I've never seen that in Blood Bowl. My worst experience ever in Blood Bowl is minor league nothing compared to my worst experience playing high-level hero clicks. So, yeah, I agree. With you. You're if you're joining Blood Bowl tournaments, you've picked the right game. It's terrific. And that part. That's part of what we do as a TO. We're there to mitigate issues. So let us do our job. A, a good tournament organizer is always going to be on your side. Even if it's uh, a local guy who's in the store every week spending hundreds of dollars, they'll, they'll jump his butt to save your tournament experience. Mm-hmm. At least so far, that's all I've seen. So if, if your TO is listening to this for advice, it's not just etiquette for the players, it's etiquette for the TOs too. You need to be on bad behavior. You need to protect the sanctity of your event. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So here's another question for you guys. I, What happens if I lose that first game? And, you know, I know that this is going to be three more games. And it seems like there's a lot of guys there that know what they're doing. And I just, I just don't feel like I have the experience there. Is it all right for me to drop? Oh, you just hit a hot button with me. No. And here's why. This is not Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering, you lose your first game. Second game, you get a buy. You're kind of happy because it still counts as a win. You're playing for packs. What makes me mad about the Magic crowd for the most part, even on little dinky Friday Night Magic tournaments, is there's never a finals. None of those guys want to say, I won a tournament last night. It's the exact same What they want to say is, I got 10 packs last night. We split the prize. We got 11 packs each. It's a different universe. 
You're exactly right. And, and you ruin the experience in Blood Bowl tournaments if we don't have even pairs. Nobody wants a buy win, even if that led to them getting third place. Nobody wants that. No, they want to play. They want to play and win. Right. And we've had it one time, one time that somebody looked at it and said, oh, I'm not eligible for anything. I'm out of here. And that caused me to have to drop because I was the a good tournament organizer is going to have an odd man out of mm-hmm. some sort. But that was the tournament I was doing well. So not only did you make me mad just by losing, but then I had to drop the tournament too. But it's just, to me, it's very disrespectful. Now, if you and a buddy have had enough, you're getting angry, you're tired, you want to hit the road back, whatever, if you drop in pairs, I honestly don't have a problem with that because it doesn't take from anybody's fun. Much different. Am I wrong, Steve? No. Uh, okay. I would say that if you're at a point where you want to drop, talk to the TO and see what's going on. Because you should be ready to play all day or three or four rounds, whatever it is. But if there's something going on that really makes you want to leave, then either the game's not for you or there might be something that we can address. And maybe there is, you know, someone that can fill in for you. So you could, you know, if you absolutely hate it and you just can't go anymore, then talk to the TO. The TO goes, well, you know, I got this guy over here who can play for a round or they can fill in for a round or something. I'm never going to say never drop, but if you're just dropping because you're having not the greatest day, I don't see a need. Well, and if there's... Another thing, too, it's to me it's disrespectful for the guys who are winning because what if your tournament that you're at, tiebreakers go to strength of schedule and there you didn't that. play any more games? Absolutely. That's pretty crappy. And you have to look at it of, man, what if I was 4-0 but I got second on tiebreakers because my guy, you know, I was the guy who dropped for that guy and vice versa. You know, I don't know. I'm. You should stick to it. I totally agree. You hit it on the head when you said that your games are your games affect the other coaches. All of your games affect all the other games, and when you're dropping, yeah. you're not just hurting yourself. So I mean, I was the weird guy when I was was playing Magic for a short time. We'd play draft tournaments and stuff, and I'd get to the finals, and they go split, and I'd go nope, and they're like what, you know? And then they would even tell me like my deck's better than yours, and blah blah blah. And I said I don't care. <laughs> I said I want to leave the store and. One time in my life, say, I won a magic tournament. And I never did. Every time I made them stick around for the finals, I got beat. But I had no regrets in it. And I just don't know why that is um, a normal thing for their environment. I guess it's because they get packs either way, and that's all they care about. Scott, it's it's the value of magic. Magic is exclusive in this. And not just other – it's not a card game versus miniature thing. It's magic exclusive because of the value attached to that game. That's true. That's exactly okay. I'll buy that. As a store owner, I've seen the other side of it. I play in drafts when there's an odd number, and when I get to the finals, it's funny because they know. Obviously, I'm not taking prizes. I'm running the event. I'm playing, so there's no buy. But I want to compete. So when you play me, you play me. It's for real. I might beat you, you know. And I'm an okay Magic player. I'm getting better. And I play in the finals just this week against a a very nice guy. Obviously, he knows I don't take prizes. But if I beat him, I'm three and zero. He's two and one. One of the second table guys might be two and one and jump my tiebreakers. So he played me hard. And I beat him, so I won the tournament. I don't take any prizes, of course. It all drops down. And he was sweating it out, waiting for the tiebreakers. Now, as luck would have it, tiebreakers were good for him. He came in second, so he effectively got first-place prizes. Everyone was happy. 
But yeah, that's an exclusive magic thing. The idea, it's all about what product can you put in my hand? What money and product can you put in my hand? It's not about that little, you know, $5 crown award trophy that I won. That says I, that says <laughs> right. I, that says I won the tournament. Blood Bowl players, you know, crow all day about some little $5 trophy that they bring back from the tournament. I won. I won this tournament. You know, Magic well, players, well, I drew in the top four, so I really didn't finish. The tournament didn't finish. I was, <laughs> I was one of the top four, but look at all the stuff I got. It's just different. Right, well, I, it's just different. one of the tournaments I won, I got a certificate for, and I was proud to have a piece of paper that said I had first. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. It's just just different different mindset, and I enjoy Magic, but it's, it's just very different games, very different mindsets. Different, different animal, for sure, and yep. I mean, yeah, it just is. I mean, to me, Blood Bowl players play because they love the game. And it's a community thing where we all get together and we're really happy that, hey, there's 40 of us that want to play today and hang yeah. out and have fun. Yeah, we enjoy the challenge, too. I, I want to see if I'm good enough to beat Drew today or can I beat Scott and can I win this tournament? You know, you, we want to challenge ourselves because part of this game is always going to be out of our control and in Nuffles' hands. And so to, right. to overcome that, it's a nice feeling. Even with Two different animals, I agree, but I don't think – I still side on don't drop – don't drop. Agreed. And if you absolutely Agreed. have to, talk to the TO and let them work it out for you. Yeah. Absolutely agreed. And pairs is better than singles when you're dropping. Absolutely agree. Okay. Wow. This has been really, really helpful, guys. So I heard about this guy named Brian, too. Uh, I hear he's really good. And if you get paired against him in the first round, he always just crushes you. Is it all right if I go after his knees so he can't play or his wrists? You can still sit down and play. I think most people do. <laughs> just, so. hide, just hide his miniatures. He goes through the throat. Why, why do you got to hurt him? Why, what's with the physical violence, Drew? Just hide his miniatures. I, I don't think I would do anything physical to him. We really don't know what he does for a living. He's a ninja. I'm pretty sure he's some type of corporate assassin spy. Professional yeah. ninja. Yeah, professional ninja. Okay. He he's, travels he's playing all real the life Shadowrun. Yeah, he's <laughs> always traveling, doing things. I mean, throwing a lot of dice. Mm hmm. Yeah, so. all around the world. Okay, so don't go up against him when death or blood bowl is on the line. Yeah. Yes. So at the so say I, I make it all the way through my four games in the tournament or the two days or you know whatever whatever the format is. What should be my uh, you know should I be taking notes during the game? Should I be what should I do after the fact? Mm. After you finish the game, after or I finish, after you after finish after, the tournament. Well, after I finish my games and after I finish my tournaments. I mean, I think they're. There, I, mean, I guess we could do one or the other. I mean, which well, one do you think? Let's go after. You what do I do after the games? After your you game, finish your, finish your game. You should make sure you filled out you or your opponent or both of you double check that you've done the score sheet correctly. Even if it's very boring, it was a blowout, five nothing. Just look at the things together. Hey, I'm gonna hit you on this really quick. I yeah. had four casualties. You had 17. You had two touchdowns. I had zero, and I got us at 63 points, and I got 13 points for you. Does that look right to you? Yes, it does. All right, boom. And Done. a corollary to that, going back a little bit, when you sit down with your opponent, always look over their roster and just make sure that it's correct, especially the first round. Yeah, you can even. We've it, seen people have the wrong roster and make it through what three rounds of Chaos Cup or so. Mm-hmm. So it happens sometimes. And you can use little little rubber bands and stuff to mark, you know, like yeah. skills and stuff. But that should be obvious. Definitely double check your results when you hand it in, especially in the close games. If somebody won one to zero, one to zero and zero to one are completely different results. And whenever I see tournaments have like a repair or a screwed up standings, it's almost always one of those one zero games. So mm -hmm. definitely meet up with your with your opponent. 
Winner or loser, whoever, the winner usually takes the lead. But if you lost, be sure you contribute. Double check your results. Hand them into your TO together. Usually, usually it's the guy who just got beat in a really close game who's frustrated, just fills that thing out and turns it in. And sometimes he has it on the wrong side of who won that game. And the other guy's so happy he won the game, he doesn't check. You have to double check these things. Yes. Is there a difference between using tick marks and using real numbers? Should I... You real do numbers one the, do one or the other or both or what's you can use tick marks all through the game but at the end of the game this is what i do i put equals five so it's very clear i even circle the five usually i had five casualties yeah two hash marks looks, looks a lot like 11 yep you know so yeah real numbers i agree with scott Clean and i've seen I've seen people do like six hash marks in a row instead of doing the four and then a slash for five and then I'm the weird one going to them going, how many is this? <laughs> well, it shows six. I go, yeah, but nobody does six like that. Why are you doing it like this? <laughs> you got to group them in five. Haven't you ever seen one of those, like, you know, turn of the century prison movies where they're carving the days in the stone? Come on. It's always exactly. it's always four and a slash. Come on. Anything else I should do at the end of my matches? Obviously, next to, you know, thanking my opponent. and you Pack know. your stuff up. Have it ready to move. Yes. So, like, for instance, you know, I, I think it was Oracle Cup we were at, and we went to lunch. We got back early, and we knew what tables we were going to. So our team went to that table, and the other people weren't back yet. And their teams were just everywhere on their own mats, and it was a mess. And eventually, they didn't make it back in time, and we had to clean it all up and push it to the side. And it became a huge distraction when we were playing, and they come in. They're like, well, where's it? Where's our stuff? Is, it, is this ours? Like... Yeah, that's pack your deal. stuff up at the end of the, the round so it's easy for you to take to the next round. And if you pack your stuff up, you can't blame anybody else for chipping your models when they moved them or exactly. anything else. Another thing, and if you go to a certain tournament and you get a goodie bag full of maybe that tournament's dice or markers or any of that stuff, keep track of it. <laughs> you think this is simple? Every freaking tournament we've ran, whether there was eight people there. Or 60 people there. Somebody will come up to you later and go, anybody seen my bag? And it's like the same bag everybody else had. Yeah, I left my dice somewhere. Now I don't have any. Well, you're out of luck, dude. <laughs> definitely, definitely agree. You know, so two things. One, at the end of your round, you know, put your stuff back together, back in the case. Doesn't mean you got to carry it around with you all the time, but keep it there no. all together. And also, you know, like Scott said, leave some space in your bag for your freebies. All right. Like in your miniature case, you have your team leave a bunch of slots open for a dice you may have or stuff you may buy at the shop or whatever, or, you know, bring your miniature case and bring an empty backpack. So your stuff is combined and together and it can grow with the stuff you're going to get at the tournament. So you don't lose it. Totally agree. Yep. Awesome. So you guys are saying I should probably bring a backpack or something like that with me to the tournament. Just something to put stuff in. Yeah. Personal preference. Yeah, or at least, uh, at least spaces in your miniature case. That works, too. Yeah, something like that. Like, a lot of times if I have – I'm taking my undead team, and I only take – I guess this is one thing we can add on. Only take the figures you're going to use. <laughs> yes. yes. So what I do is <laughs> I only take the figures I'm going to use, and then those open little holes, I put my dice and stuff in there. But the best reason to take the players you're only going to use is so you don't actually cheat. Yeah, if you fill 12 people and then someone scores on you, and they're like, D 
damn it, they scored on me and I had 12 people on the pitch. Damn it. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> All right, here's a, a, an exclusive here. I did that for one half at, at uh, Chaos Cup, and it was purely by accident. My opponent didn't notice it. I didn't notice it until we started setting up for the second half. And that's when I noticed it, and I was like, holy crap. Well, I don't want to say anything. Now, yeah. honestly, it was to my advantage the first half because I'm the one who got the kickoff, and I still couldn't score with my Chaos Dwarves with 12 people on the field. Oh, but I felt so bad, I wanted to hide it. So I reached down to tie my shoe, and I tucked this miniature in my sock because I palmed it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that, that's how Scott punishes his miniatures. If they don't score a touchdown, they go in his sock. Right. So I palmed it, tied my shoe, and and I felt I felt terrible guilty. I mean, like, I made a few mistakes and caused that game to be a tie instead of winning that game. But in the back of my mind, it's like, well, you cheated the first half. You don't deserve it anyways. I've also done it the opposite side. I was, like, getting my butt kicked at the very first Critter Bowl, and I was like, this just feels weird. This feels odd. I didn't have enough players out of my little case. <laughs> so only take exactly what you need. <laughs> Totally agree. It's less to carry around, too. Less to carry around, less to keep track of. Pack pack light. Pack light with a purpose. And if you drop all your miniatures and those 12 get chipped that you brought, at least the other four that you didn't bring didn't get chipped. Yeah, the bench players always have the spotless uniform. It's, it's the back of, it's the back of quarterback quandary. He's got the nicest exactly. uniform in the whole league. Just like real life. Yep. Do you guys, uh, when you guys are done with your weekend, do you like to get feedback from the coaches? Yes. Love it. Good or bad. If you just say this tournament, you can say this tournament sucked. This was a piece of crap. Just tell, tell me why. why. Don't give me you suck. Give me give me a reason why I sucked. And then we can maybe fix it. Every tournament can be improved upon. Every tournament. Absolutely. We just had a super successful Oklahoma Bowl. And me and Steve for the next week talked about what we should do different. Oh, yeah. I have a list of at least 10 or 20 things that are going to change for next year. But there, some things are minor. Some things are big. But every little bit that I can make better, I try to do. And if the event was great, just tell us. Because then, then I don't have to worry about, you know, so-and-so, Randy Smith. He had a great time because he said he had a great time. Right. But we know, you know, we need 10 people to tell us it's a fun tournament for us to believe one person really had a good time. Right. Because we always feel like people are glad handing you every anyways. So. I think that that's just true of anything. Like you do your art, you know, someone does music or whatever. You believe one tenth, maybe of the pe stuff that people tell you of the, of the positive stuff. But you believe all the Absolutely. negative stuff. Yeah. No. Yeah. The, the one negative thing you believe 150 percent. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And if you're a new coach, a new coach, new player at a tournament, you've had a, you know, you've had any kind of time, good, bad, and different, whatever. The organizers want that feedback. If you had a great time, they feel good. They say, okay, they, we worked hard, we ran a great event, you had a good time, that's great. If as long as you're constructive and polite about it, you could say, well, I didn't enjoy these two aspects. I, you know, this could maybe be better. You know, yeah. they want that feedback because a good organizer wants to improve their event. So if you're a new coach, do not be afraid of that feedback at the end. You know, as long as you're respectful and constructive about it, good, bad, you know, just be honest. Give it and we especially you. want it from new people. You know, we've heard the same thing from Dean, you know, telling us for five, six years now that he hates the or even kickoff you guys. table. Yeah. Or whatever. But yeah, that's that's <laughs> understandable. Here, we want new people to tell us, you know, we liked this, we didn't like that. Okay, cool. And don't don't feel like you cannot talk to the 
tournament organizer, if you think there's a problem with something they did, too, most tournament organizers, if you approach them respectfully, they'll listen. We had a guy, one of the very first tournament uh, we ran, and it might have been the second one. I, I can't remember. We had one guy. We passed out all the awards. Here's third place, second place, first place. After the tournament, one guy came up to us. Great tournament, guys. Mind if I talk to you for a second away from everybody? Well, we found out that one of the scores, just like you were talking about, Chance, got put in wrong. Yeah. And none of the guys checked it. It was like a one nothing thing. Well, and this guy sh- should have probably really had third. But he did it with such respect and stuff. I mean, he didn't interrupt. and He didn't say anything in front of the other guy who got third place. He didn't want to ruin his fun. He talked us to it about it. And you know how Blood Bowl, the world of Blood Bowl is. You can say anything happens. You can justify because it it's a sports role-playing game. So There's a lot of goblins around. We just said that you know the team that inaccurately won it bribed the refs, and then we fixed it. We bought him another trophy that said third place, and it's in the record books is we had two third-place winners that year. Absolutely. So we didn't take away from one guy, but we wanted to make sure the guy who earned it got it. But he did it with such class. I mean, he was like, why didn't you? At that time, we were like, why didn't you say something when it happened? And he's like, I didn't want to be disrespectful to you guys, and I didn't want to take away from that guy's fun. And, so. we, and we all know goblins are really in charge of Blood Bowl. I mean, they own the teams. <laughs> they bribe the refs. It's obviously they're behind the scenes. So that's sure, sure, of course they are. Total flavor win. Yeah, you can always always rely on the goblins to save the day. <laughs> totally agree. And, and good on that guy. Good on that coach. You know, always be that classy. Fluff comes in. Yeah. And if you like fluff, you like bothdown.com. Right. No. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Fluff plug. Fluff, fluff. So, and actually, that leads me to, oh, I forgot to ask this before, but when I fill out my roster for my team, should I name my my characters? <laughs> if, if you want uh, it to even, if oh, I'm so mad right now. <laughs> I don't even understand why you play if you don't name your players. That is the dumbest thing in the world. This is a sports role-playing game, and I don't care if you like it only for tactics. If that's who you are, fine. Don't be a magic player. I'm convinced that if I had enough money and I put out a magic set that had good cards in it, and I just went outside and took pictures of, like, dog poop and random, like, shards of glass and stuff, and I was like, this is uh, ancient dog poop. I would love to see people come into the store and go, I need four ancient dog poops and three shattered glasses. Uh, Scott, they, they could be blank pictures. Just, they could be. I don't is, even know why they bother with the art in, in some cases with magic. And the flavor text? The flavor text is my favorite part of magic, and most people do not care. Yep. I always read those. When I buy a pack of cards, I read the flavor text, and then I go, oh, cool. They mentioned Squee, the goblin that was in the story from 10 years ago. Or the Brass Man. Me too. Or the Brass Man. Yep. I want a job writing just, flavor text for Wizards. That's, that's the, my dream job, flavor text. <laughs> you are playing a sports role-playing game. I can't say this enough. What's, what's a baseball team in Iowa City? Uh, the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Cedar Rapids Colonels. Cedar Rapids Colonels. They're not the, we swing high with our bats. I hate that crap. <laughs> we are not phrases. If they were called, we swing high with the bats, people probably wouldn't go in there. They wouldn't buy a, a hat that had, we swing high with our bats. You get a little character, cutesy little mascot. Kids love it. Act like you're playing a sports game. Yeah. You don't, you don't name them the baseball players. And even if you hate that part of it, I'm going to give you a solution. 
There is a million name generators out there. You can go and you can say, I want a German type name and hit that thing 12 times and plug those in. It's very easy. There's yeah. no excuse for it. And you enhance other people's fun. Yeah, totally agree. I, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I just, it's like playing D and D and somebody shows up and like, okay, so we have a, uh, you know, Hogarth, the horrible here. And we have Drax, Draxus. And then what's your name? Oh, I'm, I'm just, I don't have a name. Um, uh, player one. I'm just, player. I'm, I'm bard one, bard one. <laughs> I'm human just call bard. Me paladin one. I'm human. I'm Joe bard. <laughs> I, so I, I guess the answer would be no, you don't have to, you don't have to, but if you want, if you want to piss me off, just put no names in there, and I will <laughs> promise you if I give a voluntary wardo out, you will not get it. Scott, I've taken up the, the – the, I, I, I raised the fluff flag here in Iowa. I take some, some good-hearted grief for it here by the group. I would never mandate it as a rule in a tournament or a league that you must name your team and your players. But like you said, I always strongly push and encourage it because it is not as difficult as people think, and it really influence, and it encourages – and ups the enjoyment of the game. Of course it does. And I, people who go, this is Joe Bob and Joe Bill and Joe Brandon and, and Joe Bobby, I hate that stuff too. Yeah. I get it, but I hate it. I've you got- enhance the experience of a good game when you even win or lose, you get beat by somebody that put time into their thing. I got beat by the Blitzburg Steelers, and we had an awesome play and a stupid freaking guy, and you can just name off some dude. You know, Anthony Holmes made this stupid play, and it really pissed me off. And then you go like, I can't wait to play the Blitzburg Steelers again, and I'm going to crush that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least I do. Yeah. I care too much. <laughs> not That's not a thing that's possible, Scott. Totally agree. So would you guys have any other advice for a new – a new uh, coach going to a tournament. Um, any sort of any any last advice for me as I embark upon this adventure to a new tournament? If at all possible, bring a friend. If yeah, all, if at that all helps. possible, if if you're playing at a league, just two or three people, or you have a buddy that also plays the online version with you, you're thinking about going. Bring a friend along. That way, you'll immediately know someone. And again, if it gets bad or some some family emergency comes up, you got to go whatever reason. You've got to drop. You, can both leave you, have together. A, you have an automatic double drop, and you've got someone to go to lunch with. You've got somebody that you know. If you're a little shyer, you're not worried about you know having to just throw right in with a bunch of people you don't know. Blood bowlers are very social. They'll want to talk to you and bring you in and all that stuff. Sure. But having we're that, very social and also very socially awkward. Yeah, we're so. bad at it. Yeah, we try hard, but we're bad at it, which is a lovely combination. But people do a lot better when they're even in small groups get together because they go, oh, I know Steve here. So yeah. at the very least, when I go to dinner tonight, I can I can say a few things and Steve will be there to back me up. He's my boy. You know what I'm saying? He's my wingman. Right. So even if you get a small group of three different groups of three people that turns into nearly 10 people, everybody feels more comfortable, you know, so. Totally agree. Yeah. So, yeah, if you can if you can bring a friend, bring a friend. Any other thoughts, guys? What's up? Any other thoughts? Yeah, don't play Drew Bucciacone because he's a jerk, even yeah. when you share dice. Okay. I'm stuck in the league with him. I have no choice. I've heard that that guy <laughs> is, is probably the most skilled ginger lover ever. Um, oh, me? Yeah, I'm pretty he, skilled. He's skilled at loving himself. <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, all right, Steve, any <laughs> final thoughts about advice for a new tournament uh, coach? No, not really. I mean, if you have questions, contact 
either you guys or us or the tournament organizer and let us know what any issues are. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier for us to address issues one-on-one than it is to just to throw out platitudes or something. So let us know what an issue is and we can get it helped. Prepare, be nice, ask questions, have fun. Treat people like you would like to be treated. Or better. Or, or better in most <laughs> cases, yeah. Yeah, All right. it's pretty good. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for, for, uh, for your words of wisdom to these new tournament coaches. No problem. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks. Great game. Great game. All right. Good game, folks. Good game. Pat on everybody's butt. Oh, yeah. pat my butt. Audio, everybody's butt. Audio, audio butt pats all around. Ooh, oh, chance. Nice. Like You're right. getting kind of frisky, buddy. That, that, no grabbing. That's how you celebrate a good sports play. <laughs> yeah, but you're groping now. So am I, as a it's new a light, coach, light pat. Am I, as a coach, allowed to touch my, uh, my opponent's butt when I'm playing him? No, not not in reality. If he doesn't mind, I guess you could. I don't if care. you can reach oh, across yes. the table and grab someone's butt, more power to you. Oh well, speaking of, I got a real hint instead of like a sexual thing here. Um, <laughs> I always ask, "Do you mind if I lay down your miniatures when I hit them?" That's like a yeah. That's, that's just true. being nice to the opponent because some people get fr- kind of freaky when they paint their miniatures. That's true. Yeah. Bonus tip. Good point. Bonus tip. Good point, Craig. And you don't want to break someone's figures for sure. No. <laughs> Are you? Oh yeah. Oh man, that's we we got a whole bunch of good stuff out of there. Dude, we are like a treasure trove of knowledge tonight. Of, of how we want people to act at blood bowl tournaments because we all know. Right. <laughs> name your players. Name your team. It's a good please. Team. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. It's a good idea, and more pro- more power too, Brian too, for the the good suggestion on this this the power yeah. crossover episode. The blood bowl ninja. Oh, yeah. We have him to thank for this. Yep. Yep. He took uh, I think it was myself and Steve to the side at one point. Or, mm. or he, he actually talked to all of us. It was, it was at sushi, right? It was at sushi. He was either at mm. sushi or at the house afterwards. And we, he's like, "Hey, this is a good idea. You guys should do it." And then, like, you got mad at him, Scott. It's like, <laughs> "Well, give it to us." And then we're, we're like, "No, it's too late. Now it's a crossover episode." Yep. Oh, yeah. okay. So that's all right. We'll, we'll we will uh, put this on our show and also, and uh, we'll uh, pollinate more player, more listeners to both of our podcasts. You guys need some listeners, so we'll try to help you out. <laughs> It's time for sure, 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 sure. Shout outs! Brought to you by Croxigade. Croxigade? I don't know. What is it? Slanade? Slanade? Um, frog Aids. Fro- the Frog Aids. <laughs> Brought to you by the Frog Aids. <laughs> oh, I only wish I hate frogs. Dude, no, you don't hate frogs. You just have a fear of them. Well, yeah. Do you actually hate them? Define hate. I don't know, but if they're all gone, I'd be happy. <laughs> I know people out there have like other fears, but this one is just, we've talked about it in the past. Yeah. If you don't know, Steve really has a real fear of frogs. Yeah. Like he would chop up your children and go through them if they were the flesh <laughs> wall to get away from a frog. Oh, easily. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not kill children, but... <laughs> What if we tied you down and got a tiny frog? Like a really tiny frog. That doesn't make it any better. And just set it on your chest. It's, so you feel it. It is 100% the control issue of I don't know where they're going. <laughs> the only way they move is jumping. You don't know that with other animals. You hate like grasshoppers? I'm not a fan of them. 
but I don't hate them. What about rabbits? No, rabbits are cute. What about kangaroos? They're dicks. They are dicks. <laughs> I have not had the pleasure of stumbling across one in the middle of the night. So, <laughs> have you seen some of those videos of like people like riding bikes, like out, <laughs> out like the wilderness of like Australia or something? I don't yeah. know where it's from. And all of a sudden they get blindsided by these kangaroos. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they just don't get knocked down. They get obliterated. Uh, they're probably venomous too if they're from Australia. <laughs> I, I Everything's poisonous. I don't there. think they are, but oh, everything in Australia is. Ask they Jason might Webster. Be. Well, that's true. They have like clouds of spiders flying around. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that before? The like, clouds of spiders. Yeah, I've seen videos of it from Australia. Yeah, they're probably venomous. It's creepy. That that is that is the mouth of hell. Yeah, but it's so nice. I really want to go there. In some parts. I mean, there's no no question why some people like got onto that land and said, holy shit, this now, is terrible. We're going to send prisoners here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you want to stay in the south part <laughs> of Australia. I mean, they have sharks walking around on two legs, and they're venomous, and they're breathing <laughs> fire and killing everything. <laughs> Oi, land shark. I'm <laughs> just teasing. <laughs> but... Uh, I do want an Australian land shark now. I would like to go there, but I would not like to go there. Right. <laughs> it's like, I really would like to see all this, but I don't know if I want to see all this. They pull like big old snakes out of the toilets and stuff in these videos. Yeah. They uh, also have cane toad infestation. Oh, yeah. You couldn't handle it, dude. Not that part of Australia, no. <laughs> I think Webster, sorry, Webster or Burke, who was talking about, they, you know, like, you can come out and stay or whatever. I'm like, oh, that'd be really cool. And I look, I'm like, wait. Are you near the cane toad infestation? <laughs> They're like, yeah, it's no problem. We just go out back with a, a a driver and just swing them and kill them every night. Like, I don't, no, no, I don't want to do that. They really do that, though? They go outside and just smash them? Yeah. Because they're that bad? Oh, yeah. Huh. It's every Australian's duty. Huh. It's bad. That might be kind of, kind of weird way good. You could take out some frustrations. You could have the beginning episode of Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Frog baseball. All right. Let's get some shout outs. So first shout out, we got Brian to not only thank him for the idea for the segment, but his Rocky Mountain Rampage is coming up April 28th at Blackfire Games in Pleasant Grove, Utah. It's four rounds of amazing Blood Bowl swag and action and trophies and in-game prizes with a custom Bigfoot themed kickoff table it's also doing an exclusive death bowl lightning round friday evening the day before for the first 12 people to sign up i smell somebody from vegas kind of like creeping in on this with an excuse (laughs) to make dice (laughs) oh maybe but yeah if you don't know death bowl death bowl is the the variant with the four teams four teams on the pitch yeah you can go to RockyMountainRampage.com for more information. There's part of me that really wants to play Death Bowl. And at the same time, there's part of me that doesn't want to touch it. I'm pretty sure that part of you has kept us from playing it for 10 years now. Uh, you're, you're saying to, your game? No. I never said that. Oh. But we could. I kind of want to play it in the same sense that it's like meant to be. Like, whichever team loses... They actually die. They actually die. That's why it was called Death Bowl, if yeah, I remember correctly. We talked about doing that with the champions in the home of, league. Of our home league, yeah. That would be cool. 
And Especially since we now. haven't played the home league in a while, I guess I'm kind of game for that. It'd be interesting. Hey, good people come out and play. Yeah, maybe. See, I'm up next. Maybe I should go to Utah and play. We probably should at some point. I've asked him about that. I think it was last year. Like, how long is the drive? Like eight hours? And he was like, no. oh, no, dude. 16? Oh, yeah. Something awful like Yeah, it's that. way out there. And I was like, oh, well, good luck. <laughs> it would be really cool, but you need a lot of time. If he is in, is it in Provo, Utah? Do you know where it's at in Utah? Pleasant Grove. Pleasant Grove. Outside I, I of Provo? I, I, I don't know. I don't know all that. Um, I have an ex-brother-in-law who would probably keep me up there for free. Yeah, you just have to go to Temple. No, this one's really cool. Okay. <laughs> this one now is no longer in the church or anything like oh, that. Oh, really? So hmm. that doesn't make him cool. I mean, it's just like no. he's one of the old ex-families that uh, I talk to every every now and then still. So Yeah, your, your ex was Oklahoma Mormon, so crazy. <laughs> okay. No offense to regular Mormons, but Oklahoma Mormons, from what I've heard, only from her family, are kind of crazy. Okay, that's probably fair. I would oh. I would think this brother in law would probably agree, <laughs> as he's who no was, longer uh, man. Who's the the Air Force pilot who played HeroClix? Who was Mormon? Who was really cool? Uh, Peter White. Yes, I miss him. He was, yeah. he was a good guy. He was a really nice guy. He was awesome. I wonder if he's related to Jeff White. Oh, that'd be really all cool. all those white people. <laughs> all those white people look the same. They do kind of like have the same like features. Yeah. God, that would be Maybe really that's weird. why we like Jeff so much. Maybe. Shout out to Jeff White and Peter White. Who's For no not reason. <laughs> what if he was? That would be awesome. That would be weird. Um, Next one, uh, Carl Morgan of Beer and Blood Bowl. Yes, sir. Their YouTube series. Mm-hmm. He sent me some stuff. I know. Everybody gets stuff. Sent, everybody sends stuff to Steve. I told him to get two sets, and he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, whatever you send, Steve, he gets like... At least 60% of it. No, that's not true. That is pretty true. It depends on what it is. You see? See? What? If you uh, ever move out of this house, I'm never going to get free stuff because it's going to go to your place and then I'm never going to see it. I show you stuff all the time. You show me stuff. You don't <laughs> give me stuff. I didn't say I gave you stuff. So I show you stuff. I come up with both down concept, the name, everything. And then Steve takes all the free goodies while wearing a cat shirt. Yep. Pusheen. What is that? He's Dude, a DJ? It's, it's DJ Pusheen. Jesus. It's cute. You're a grown man. My, you bought me the other Pusheen shirt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and you have one for yourself, which when you wear it, the kids go, why are you wearing Steve's shirt? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, only other one I really have, uh, Torsten Blotter, the... Is he still VP for NAF? Um, uh, I, don't I don't know. He's running the. He's part of the, the World Cup, committee. So I've been emailing him back and forth. I have a shout out from, iTunes. This you have an was iTunes posted, review. Unless we've already talked about this one. This one's back from February fifth. Yeah. Wow. Uh, if you would like to get a shout out, not only post a review on iTunes. Let us know you did, because uh, I don't have iTunes, and Scott forgets to look. Yeah, I do. So this is by Violent Snail. 
There are a lot of Blood Bowl podcasts out there, but really, there's just one. These guys are top dogs. They've got it down to a science. Perfect chemistry, informational, entertaining. Keep up the good work, boys. It's assigned by... Violent Snail. Is that Jen? (laughs) No, I don't know. I know, it sounds like we made (sighs) it up. This is like an awesome review. And he gave us five stars. As he should. Of course, he's a violent snail. So, there you go. We're we're, we're a perfect podcast. I've always thought that. Uh, Last shout out, I guess, is to World Cup because there's a great, better than great chance that some of us, if not all of us, are going to try to go next year. Yeah. I I mean, without getting too much into it, Steve is 99% sure. Pretty much unless something happens, I'm going. Steve's going to... And here's what I say. Steve's not going to have enough time to take off work, and he's going to quit his job and still go to World Cup. If it came down to that, (laughs) I might. I think Steve is looking at retirement one year from now because he's like, well, I've already made the trip. Steve already has... I hate this job. um, I already have 34 hours saved up. I'm just saying this would be a good excuse for you to blow it out. I almost did that last time, but no, I'm... I've got money saved. I've saving up time. Um, going with Drew and Chance to actually hit a few countries while we're there. We're gonna make a couple of weeks out of it, mm-hmm. and hopefully you can come. Yeah, we'll just see where I'm at. A little yeah. bit closer from then, right? If we do go, Chance and myself. Well, I should say Steve and Drew have already said we're getting a hotel room. I'm not yep. sharing a bed. I'm not doing this. And me and Chance said, why wouldn't we stay with some listeners if there was some generous listeners out there that would like to take a sightseeing in their local town and let us camp on the couch? And Steve thought that was crazy. And Drew thought no. that was crazy. No, we don't think it's crazy. It's just we don't, A, we don't want to impose. B, we don't want to get killed. It's not imposing if you like shout it out to people <laughs> that we might be coming. And if you'd like to host Scott and Chance, the main guys. From two great Blood Bowl Are you going to try to do the two weeks, or are you just going to go to the World I, Cup? I don't know. I mean... So if you're just doing the World Cup... Might mm, not even need you it. You don't need it. <laughs> I don't know. It's If you go, you want to just go. But at the same time, two weeks... I'm kind of treating... Two weeks it, for Steve and Drew is probably a lot... Di- and even Chance is a lot different than two weeks for Scott. Yeah. Just because I have children and stuff that don't totally understand it. They're old enough they can understand it. They'll understand it's it. It's not an excuse. <laughs> They'll understand it. I'm not saying that. But if I was a child and my dad went two weeks for a pleasure tournament, you know, going for pleasure, like a vacation. Then as a child, you should go, wow, that's really awesome, Dad. I hope you have a great time. <laughs> oh, come on. You wouldn't say, why can't I go? That's Your dad never took you anywhere, did he? No, we went on trips all the time. See? That's, that's the kind of dad I want to be. Your dad's a good dad. Yeah. See, so have your dad send me a check and I'll take the kids and we'll all go. I think it's more likely your dad's going to send you a check. (laughs) You know what? If I told him we'd stop in England, he might. He loves England so much. Uh, I'm thinking our trip is going to go to England, then Paris, then Barcelona. And then Brad's dad lives somewhere in France. So probably go there Hmm. and then to Austria. Are you going to go to any of the seedy places like? You know, well, no, the I don't, buy, I don't need the, any CDs or the uh, 
like what are the hash bars? Is that what they call them? That'd be Amsterdam. Yeah, you go in there. No, why not? Because it's out of the way, dude. It would be cool to go up and meet up with the Swedes, yeah. or Core, or maybe I'll anyone. Take a, maybe I'll take a different trip and just meet you in Dornburn or wherever it's at. If uh, Scott Hess is doing that, he's going to spend some time in Italy and then come up. Hmm. He gets drunk a lot. I don't know if uh, he would be my partner through this whole thing. Then <laughs> be an interesting time. It'd be another Chicago trip. <laughs> uh, nothing will ever be Chicago again. <laughs> no, that won't. All right. Well, anyways, uh, I, that guess, is just a precursor to yeah. what might be happening a year and a half from now. But. And there might be something coming on your feed shortly about it. Mm. Um, and final shout out to Chance and Drew for doing the segment with us and letting us post it. Yeah, thanks, fellas. Thanks for letting us use your voices to, in, or our voices to enhance your podcast. Exactly. Right. You needed that. Getting the both down bump. We were like when Mork from Orc appeared on Happy Days. We helped them out. That's not how that worked <laughs> at I, all. As a child, I liked Happy Days better when Mork from Orc was there. Yeah, but that's where he started. I know that, okay. but I liked it better. Okay. It, it was a ratings boost. I agree, but no. Okay, fine. We're Wolverine, and we just appeared in the in comic. Everything. Yeah. We're Lobo in the 90s. <laughs> we're, yeah, we showed up <laughs> and made an appearance in your comic to get more sales. This is Young Love 14. Yeah, I know, but we really want Lobo in it. Okay. <laughs> He's in it for two panels. Put him on the cover. <laughs> Sold. Ah, the 90s. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. We done? I guess we're done. Okay. All right. Okay. We're good. Bye. Bye. You can follow Both Down on Twitter at Both Down. You can follow Scott at Fat Finley and Steve at Kilowog2814. If you want to know if your team name is Both Down Approved, send a tweet to at BD Approved. If you'd like to email them, the email address is bothdownpodcasts at gmail.com. Or for more information, you can visit them at bothdown.com or at facebook.com forward slash bothdown. There, Australia. Have you heard of my encounter with the giant kangaroo? Was that the telephone, Commander? Exactly. I had received a call from the owner of a traveling circus. The world's strongest boxing kangaroo had escaped, and the Japs wanted me to help in locating him. I began my search entirely alone. Fearless, don't you know? Soon, I found the beast. The moment he spotted me, the kangaroo made ready for combat, and I did likewise. I was fast, but the beast had tremendous power in his right fist. Suddenly, I saw him draw back to deliver an uppercut that was sure to be the end of me. Oh, no. What in the world did you do? Remembering the power in that right fist, I quickly grabbed up a huge log. And as the uppercut hit that log, it splintered into a hundred pieces and went up into the air. And then came down. The cage in the kangaroo perfectly. One might say, Commander, you really boxed him in. Quite. 